it's just so cumbersome. It was kind of a pain to to drag down here. Sure, sure. Plus, if if I'm if I'm sitting on an uncomfortable folding chair, then you know when my ass eventually starts to hurt, I can you know be very impatient and try and cut the show short. And, and we'll ignore you and just keep talking. Right. Yeah, that's kind of our jam. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Subtle Interference. I am your host, Bob. I am your other host, Alex. Joining us today, um, professional anticipator of (laughs) television shows, special guest Erica. Hello. Joey Beatty enthusiast. Thank you. Gotta get that's the that's the important credential. By the way, when you guys were talking there at the beginning, I was fucking with my mic the whole time, so it'll be fun to see how that is. <laughs> well, you know what what makes uh, uh, anticipating a show a lot more fun is when it's promoted at all. You mean it's not fun to get literally nothing but you know an eleven frame? Well, when does it actually come out? It's the end of the month, right? June 28th, whatever that Thursday is. I think you're going to see it start up more, probably two weeks out, would be my guess. That's insane, though. That's about normal, isn't it? I feel like the other season, and I understand that there's a writer's strike that's probably affecting some things. I feel like we got like a full trailer in, like, I want to say, like, October for season two and that didn't come out until like mid-December and you were getting like full press of like and now granted there's the big fucking elephant in the room that nobody wants to discuss which could also be is your guy Cavill gonna do press the way that it's in my 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 little spaces it's been said he will probably do it but in a very controlled environment Mm. The, the questions have to be screened yeah like you don't want him like in a, on a live mic situation being able to just say whatever the fuck he wants to say. But if he goes on whatever, but I don't think let's he say would. He goes on Kimmel. He could just say whatever he wants. But are they even doing the late night shows right now? Aren't uh, they all well, dark? No, yeah, but I'm just saying. No, I, I know what you mean, right? But um, oh, so for example, Good Omens, we don't get that until the end of July. It's going to be a busy weekend. Um. They're already releasing stuff, and you're like two months out from that. It just it's it's very weird the way they handle their social media, or or in that they don't like a, a normal Twitter account for like a thing you enjoy. You would try and keep that like active for most of the year, even if you didn't have something to actively promote. You would think you get nothing. Like there wasn't anything since Blood Origin. And it was just like, like as soon as Blood Origin had been out for like a week, silence. Maybe nothing. But maybe with that, it's we're not going to talk. So because I know you liked it, but wasn't Blood Origin pretty poorly received overall? I know people. It wasn't like the greatest thing ever, but it. I don't know that Netflix gives a shit what you thought of it. Netflix cares that you watched. But they I mean, were like this they with like season... positive word of mouth. Oh, sure, sure, sure. But they were like this with season two as well. As soon as it was out for a week, okay, we yeah. stopped talking about it. Yeah, that's weird. Which is the problem with the... I think we... you maybe try to post some gifts or something, you know, anything. Something to kind of just kind of keep it top of mind, but 
That's well, a- and that also is the problem when you release the show all at once. You don't have something like to harp on week to week to right. week. Right. Well, that's why I'm like, okay, cool. We're doing it in the two batches, which I do think is a good idea. You at least keep the momentum going over the course of a, or you keep the conversation going over the course of a month instead of just, all right, it's done. And now everybody except the diehards moves on. So, but it's very frustrating because I'm like, full trailer? Hey, how about a full trailer? No. You know what, Netflix? It's been a rough couple weeks. Can I get a full fucking trailer? Please? No. No. You'll get nothing and like it. Mm-mm. But then Neil was here for me. Amazon. Bezos was here for me. And released the opening for uh, Good Omen Season 2. And a couple new posters. Ooh. Ooh. This is huge for people, Bob. Because now people have something to stare at and overanalyze mm-hmm. and talk to death, mm-hmm. which is the very, the heart of fandom. Mm. And then get mad when all of their theories don't play out. And then we get hot, which is also hysterical. Now, what's the deal with Good Omens? Have they, did they cover the original material already? Yeah, first season was the book. Okay. Um, there was intent to publish a second book. But both of their careers kind of launched and they just never got they to just it. never got around to it. So they had like an outline and then uh, uh, Pratchett's been dead for <sighs> when did he pass? He was in the teens, I want to say. And he, uh, Neil was like, I'm not going to write it without him. But um, I know Pratchett wanted, he was like, do the TV show. Mm-hmm. So Neil was like, mm, okay, we'll do season two. Why not? Drove a boatload of money up to my house. I'm not made of stone. But it'll be fun. The first season was good. I enjoyed it thoroughly. And I just need a, I need a fucking release date on Our Flag Means Death season two. Mm. It's Pride Month starting up. HBO, let's go. Is that is I that, need my gay pirates. Is that tomorrow trailer drop? I don't know. We'll see. Speaking of Pride Month, I actually have a topic. Mm-mm. What do you got? So, you know how in Overwatch, you know the characters generally, right? And from the beginning... I have vague notions of who sure. like the more popular characters yeah, yeah, yeah. are, yes. From the beginning, Tracer has pretty much always been gay. They've never like shied away from that. Yes, and then and then, but Overwatch the lore drops have always been very inconsistent. So from the start, there's been a lot of voice lines and. I thought lore. she was bi. No, she's gay. She's gay. Um, there's been a lot of lore drops that have led to like people theorizing that Genji and Mercy are have some sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then the other characters, at some point, they were just like, "Oh yeah, soldiers gay." Um, they just dropped that out of nowhere, you know, like nothing really led up to that. And then the most recent one now for Pride Month is they said, and they've, they've, I mean, this is not like a surprise because Baptiste has always seemed like very uh, down for whatever in the mm-hmm. game with some of the voice lines. But he's bi, it turns out. And then they also said Farah is gay. And now what's interesting about this is, why I bring it up, is one of the big ships from the start because they go together in game so much their gameplay is Farah and mercy mm-hmm. so from the start the big ship has been pharmacy oh. and oh that's a great fun <laughs> what happened to good ship names alex 
I'm floating out here with Garrisgear. What is that? That's bad. Weak. Pharmacy. Painful. That's beautiful, Alex. That's a beautiful thing. Because Mercy is a healer, and she very much enables Pharaoh to have a lot of success in the game. This is this is beautiful. And then, so the big ship in Overwatch has always been pharmacy, but it's never been hinted at at all. It's always been like very. Um, it's always been about Mercy and Genji whenever they try to tease anything. But now we've so opened the door. All of a sudden, yes, they did a little short story, and in the short story. Baptiste asked Farah something about mercy and just like the vo- the way the lines were written, it was like there seemed like there was something there. Mm-hmm. So why now what's interesting to me is does it bother you at all that they're seemingly almost not I don't know if it's like a retcon, but they're changing the story to almost fit like a really popular ship and bring it into the game where there was already another thing that was heavily teased. I mean, you could... Uh, well, one, Mercy has two hands, so... Oh, well, that's We're true. just going to throw that out there. Um, let's waste some people, because... There you go. We just it, it, All of the makings of a great evening, Alex. Because um, the uh, uh, one of the big sites that kind of does all the Witcher sort of spoiler news um, said that uh, Yaskir is going to end up by this season okay and my camp we're all like well yeah obviously are you watching the way he's being played yes 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 some people are very angry about this though because it's not canon Mm -hmm. Mm. or it's not in the books it's not lore accurate and it's like who fucking cares the show is show never one the show is not lore accurate you guys are just gonna have to get over this um I don't know where I was going with that, but well, no, I, it doesn't. It doesn't really bother me. I think it's like if it's if it's if it's like I do think it's kind of a um, you got to be careful with that kind of stuff because then fans start being like, oh, well, what else can we change? Right. Like if we, we complain we, enough, we got them to do the thing. What we else wanted. can we do? So. We harassed them maybe into doing the thing we wanted. But I'm also never... But were, did they... Were they harassed about know. this? Were they harassed I'm sure, about... I'm sure someone was. About... Uh, well, of it's course. It's the internet, so. But to the extent that it would be like... I don't know that anybody except my corner of the internet was, you know, doing our thing. But it's like, I'm never going to be like, oh, how dare you uh, uh, be more, like, diverse and inclusive. This is a terrible thing. Yeah, well, no, it's interesting. It's also just a great shit name, Alex. Like, they probably saw that, and they were like, how can we not canonize this? Oh, I mean, I guarantee you, if you just go on Google and search for, like, Farrah Mercy, the amount of, like, hentai you're going to find is going to (laughs) be off the chain. Like, it's, you know... I mean, the Overwatch hentai, that's right up there with all the top hentais. I mean, thousand percent. Forgot the Resident Evil stuff, the Witcher stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all up there. Um... But I don't no. see it as much anymore. I don't have Twitter. But you have Tumblr. Yeah, but Tumblr it doesn't allow what Twitter does. Mm. So well, I get Twitter by though. Twitter just allows anything now. What's that? Twitter just allows anything. Well, wild, yeah, wild it's west. the fucking wild wild west up in there. <laughs> we could we could wow. I but, think I um, heard by the way, Twitter's current value is a third of what Musk paid for it. Amazing. So that's pretty good. That's a good management job. The uh, the greatest thing about that though in recent weeks, and I don't mean to derail us, but this is derailment the podcast. Yeah. Was uh, uh, Mr. DeSantis being like, I'm I'm going to piss off the libs even more and go on Twitter and announce my candidacy. Elon Musk, that's who I can rely on. 
and the live and stream fucked up. The live stream was horrible. No one watched it. It was pretty good. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful well, thing. The thing that I said to Bob is, you know, it's funny because people, I think, think it's really easy, right? But, you know, doing something like a Twitch does where they're serving up like thousands and thousands or maybe even hundreds of thousands, I don't know, of live streams of high quality video at any moment, you know, no, that's it fucking turns hard. out it's pretty hard. <laughs> and even when you have like Amazon cloud services backing you, you know, and you have all this infrastructure in place and you're a longstanding business, it's not easy, nope. you know, no. but you know, when AOC played Among Us on Twitch for like 500,000 people, you know, Twitch didn't fold like a cheap accordion. Oh, and how many people? A, a lot. I don't remember how many people it was. It and was how many more, watched it was Ronnie? More, it was more than DeSantis. Yeah. How sad for him. I mean, look. Ronnie seems like a, you know, real piece of shit. But he's going to get crushed by another piece of shit. He has no chance. I mean, I'm not going to act like I'm going to be following this very closely because I just I don't have the mental capacity anymore. Tell yeah. me who it is and okay, let's go. But yeah. He better, if, if Ron's got anything on Don, he better go and give it to the New York DA. I real they, soon. I, I think the New York real DA is soon. okay. Real soon. <laughs> I think they're all right. You'd like to think so, Erica, but I'm not sure they are. I mean, you never know. Who knows? I haven't been At this attention. point, I'm going to say, until proven otherwise, I'm going to say Trump's untouchable. How you doing over there, Bob? Oh, I'm just dandy. You doing Bob's, right? f- Bob's fading fast. We better talk about running soon. No. <laughs> he actually slept last night. I didn't get any fucking sleep last night. I didn't fall asleep until like 4 o'clock in the morning. Couldn't sleep. So, and, and the other thing that I think is interesting, because we see a lot of, you know, for the Pride Month stuff, we see a lot of companies, they do the blatant pandering, right? Which, Which is, is a, it's a two-edged sword, and This is what right? I was going to say. This is what I was going to say. So when something like Overwatch comes out and they do a little short story and they put a bunch of, you know, pride icons and stuff like that in the game and they, you know, do a short story about Baptiste and Farah and everything. And it's like on one hand, obviously they're pandering. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I'm sure there are people who are at Blizzard who have to push for something like this to happen, Mm -hmm. who have to put the legwork in. Sure. And this goes for anywhere, right? So it's like... Like you, like you said, it's kind of a double-edged sword in that, you know, obviously it's important to some people who work at these companies that it gets in the game and they make it happen. Well, and but it, on the other hand, it still does feel like very pandering, it's especially a corporate, when you time it out for Pride Month. Corporate Pride is very like, okay, yeah, that's great. You see us as a... You see us as a viable group that's going to spend money with your with your company. Yeah. But that's that's a shitty thing that you're doing it only to get money out of us, but then they also see you as a big enough group to make money off of. I know you've got some some thoughts on this. It's the only thing that matters. It seriously it is. No, I I know. I just it's, I thought you had a little bit more. No. <laughs> I, I, no, I, I mean that That's why I threw it to you, Bob. That's that's the the so if you look at like the history of uh the gay rights movements uh you know, from when it started, what, back in like the 70s is when it started to come into prominence. And then there was, you had the AIDS well, epidemic of the 80s. kind of galvanizing moment was uh, 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 
why can't I think of the name? Stone. Why? What? Stonewall? I have no idea what you're talking about. The bar, the riot. Oh, uh, I don't know. Oh. I, 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 everything I'm about to say, put a giant asterisk on this because I, I really don't know that much about the history of it. Um, the, the only reason I even comment on it is because I think as somebody who's an outsider, like I can even see like the, some of the earmarks of that progression from, sure. from a, you know, a very much a fringe movement to, um, you know, the, the AIDS epidemic to growing acceptance in the nineties and the early aughts to more or less uh, general acceptance of most of the gay community um, today. Um, and, it, you know, it just really kind of ties in line with as that community has been around and has um, grown older and acquired more money, they are a market. Mm-hmm. And that is, without a doubt in my mind, the only reason that there has been that acceptance. And it's not just it's not just that they're a market. I mean, the black community is a gigantic market that no one gives a shit about, um, clearly. You know, except for the few who, um, or not even the few, but the, 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 the parts of the community that kind of move up into more white-collar jobs um but what's what's interesting is the you know the because gay, it is a money thing because it's a money thing right who who are you going to pander who are you going to accept into your your spaces people who have money to spend and um and a lot like there are s- like countless anecdotal stories of um you know uh, people in the gay community whether they're couples or singles who, you know, move into a home and they make it nice, they make a community, they, you know, they're spending their money and they're trying to make something solid. And I think that over time, that accumulated um, movement is really what has helped make that acceptable and to soften people who, um, you know, who... Well, and somebody moves in next to you, and you have a certain, like, you know, perhaps wrong idea of what uh, gay people would be like. They move in next to you, you see what they actually are, as opposed to what you thought they were. Right. Yeah. They're people. So, you know, it's a combination of having money to spend and representing their community well. Mm -hmm. Right? Those two things combined. Um and it took a long ass time. Oh, yeah. It really did. Um I mean and on the you know in 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 terms of actual time scales, it really wasn't that long, but you know, for somebody who grew up who's old enough to remember like the the early days of really you know, pretty bad discrimination if not outright violence against anyone who identified um, uh, their sexuality. I mean, you know, that person's not going to be like, it's only been 40 years. Uh, But if you, 
if you look at it historically, it has actually happened fairly rapidly. What I think is really, really interesting about the gay community and the the very uh, what is now a very long acronym. What is it? LGBTIA plus is what it is now. I think you missed a Q. Q. I think there's a Q in there. Maybe. I don't know. LGBTIQ. I know there's a plus at the end. There's still the plus. I believe. I don't. I. Not a not a bastion of knowledge over here. Um, what I think is interesting about that, as it um, has, encompass. You know when. When we were younger, I don't know if you had the same impression. It was like the gay community were just gay men and lesbians. And that's all it was. I think I was privileged enough to not have to think about it at all. Yeah. So I didn't really. Sure. Until I kind of, you know, you get older, you make friends, and you do kind of... Your eyes open a little bit more, and it's mm-hmm. it's oh okay no there's there's others there's other people there too. Mm-hmm. What I think is interesting is that you know for pretty obvious reasons you know any the the banner of the gay community if you will has been accepting of anyone who you know whose sexuality is outside of that cis. Um, uh, what, what's the words I'm looking for here? Uh, heteronormative. Heteronormative um, lifestyle. Um, the problem they're running into is that whereas the general public has kind of gotten okay with being gay, with being bi, uh, they really don't like trans people. I don't know that I agree with that necessarily. I think there's a very... and I think it's a loud minority. I think it's a very loud minority. I think it's bigger than you think. I don't know that people think about it that much. Well, they're thinking about it now because it's all it comes up on Fox News every day. Look, if you go on to Fox News any given day, I guarantee there's a transgender story. Every single day. Well, because that's the drum that they're beating right now. Right. I mean, they've found some traction with it, sure. Yeah. Well, I think they've they've hit on some things. They've hit on some things that crazy parents get upset by. Stuff like their child's sports. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you see it. You know, I was talking to someone. Their kid is like 13. They They play baseball. In some of these 13-year-old boys, they've already hit puberty. So some of the kids are like, you know, Monsters. small little kids. And some of them are the same age, but they're like 5'10", you know. And they're like almost like grown men. Like obviously sure. not mm-hmm. with the muscle mass and everything. But, but height-wise. There's disparities. And sure. so you run into the thing at these games where parents are legitimately like, how old is that kid? Because they're all like hyper, it's like these crazy hyper competitive parents, sure. right? And so we're on the traveling take, team and right, we've paid exactly. a lot of money. You're on and, the traveling baseball right. team, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want my kid to win. Who's this fucking, you know, crazy big kid over here who looks like they're five years older than my kid? 
And so you take that. What was that... the name of the guy from the Dodgeball episode of uh, of uh, uh, Spy Family? Oh, uh, <laughs> duh, what was his name? With the glasses. It might have been Bob. Was it Bob or Bill or something It was Bill. Like that? I think it was, was it Bill? Bill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was like a freak. And he's five years old. <laughs> But he's like he's like three times their size. Six feet tall, three hundred pounds. Packed built like muscle. Brock Lesnar. <laughs> that was one of the best episodes. Um, no, but it, so you take that right, that mm-hmm. thing where the parents are getting upset about their child sport. Oh, is this kid cheating? Whatever. And then you bring in the transgender aspect, right? And so you you're hitting on something that people, that crazy people, already get upset about. And you're finding like another way to weasel into that same well, spot. I I got to tell you, I think it's a lot more than just the crazy people. There are a lot of people out there that think transgender people are mentally ill. That and these are not the Fox News. These are not even Fox News people. These are there are a lot of people out there that are very not okay with with the concept of being transgender. Well, and my thing would be even. I mean, I already know. I think what you're gonna like, you're you're playing, you're gonna play devil's advocate on me and give me with the counter argument. But my argument would be, even if you think these people are mentally ill, who cares? It has no impact on your life. It's none of your business. Let let them do whatever they want to do to their body, to their life. That would be like the argument, right? I I mean, I I agree with you. It, the counter I, argument, if we were playing yeah. devil's advocate. One thing advocate, I do want to say before we go any further, because we do talk about this stuff a lot on here. We're I idiots. S- we are one. We are idiots. <laughs> yeah, I'm an idiot. And I can only speak for myself. I would hope I speak for the two of you as well. We are, we are supportive of the. Trans yes, we community. don't. Yes, do whatever you want. Yeah. Live your life. Make What's happening happy. right now is very upsetting. Oh, it's ridiculous. And it's ridiculous, and it's just it doesn't yes, make absolutely. I understand why they're doing it, and it's quite unconscionable and just straight up evil in my opinion but yeah. i just wanted to make sure we have that out there because like i said we do talk about this stuff a lot and i don't want anyone to think that we're we're not for trans people oh yeah, i just no. wanted to make sure that no, was out we're, there. we're just i think i'm just presenting the arguments or strategies that are made to try to fuck with oh no no, no a thousand percent i just yeah. wanted to make sure because again we talk about it a lot i just wanted to make sure it was said so, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. You're right. And the, the the devil's advocate argument to let them live their life, let them do what they want, they're not hurting anyone, is that if you normalize this type of thing in society, mm-hmm. then other people are going to be influenced and maybe people who weren't transgender are go- suddenly going to like their minds going to be screwed with and suddenly a man is going to want to be a woman right that would be the devil's advocate argument from crazy people yeah which i think is just complete insanity well when you look at what the community is is put through right anyone who isn't isn't going to be like you know what that that looks fun that i want to put myself through that now, I personally, and we've debated this before, I do think there is a very, very, very small number of people out there that are twisted enough to go through gender reaffirming surgery for the opportunity to stand on a podium. You maybe could try. I just think that there's so many hoops that you have to go through to even be able to do, and we've, we've 
Yeah, like, we, we don't we don't need to relitigate it. We don't need to relitigate it. But it is it's not you can't just walk up to your doctor and be like, you know what I would like? I would like to, uh, gender reassignment surgery, yeah. please. I yeah, I mean, I, I think the, as is my understanding. Again, yeah, as my, we say, we are idiots. We don't know. But I think the point is when when uh, I think a lot of times people are like nobody's doing that, and then there's going to always be that backlash of here's oh, the one, person. here's the one. There, there, but it's a like an impossibly small number of people of, of already a tiny, a small, tiny minority right. of people. a small community. Right. Yes. Um. So it, all right, that one kid, that one kid who wants to play basketball, fuck them. But I think, we're gonna make a law that they can't do what they want to do. But I think there's you've got a lot of people out there who think, you know, who fall into the crazy camp, who think that you know being uh, any uh, any uh, perceived as other uh, perceived as you other one other people. You know, anything LGBTQ is is evil and wrong. Well, anything other than white and straight. Yeah. Um, but hey, and if we're being fair, I mean, being white straight's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, now <laughs> give it, give it, give it some time. There, no. There's gonna be a bill what? due for this shit. Uh, We're not that. gonna be around you to say see that. It. Yeah, white and straights reign supreme for a really long time, <laughs> and then you know the, ch- the chances are it's gonna be there for a while. I'm sure, buddy. <laughs> but it, so. But we'll I think, see how that white baby population starts going. Well, when you ban abortions in a bunch of places. Well, that's that's mm. the that's the goal. They're replacing us, Alex. We're being the great replaced. Replacement theory, indeed. Um, but did Tucker start a podcast yet? I don't know. Okay. We think he's doing a show on Twitter or something. Nobody. And if he's if he's live streaming video, <laughs> I would suggest he uh, maybe rethinks his platform of choice. <laughs> Sorry, honey. Go ahead. Um, sorry, I, I lost my trans. Um, no, but I, I think that I think my point is that I think the number of people who have negative thoughts and feelings towards the transgender community is a lot bigger than um, than the crazies, and I think there's a lot of people out there who see transgender people. Not necessarily is evil or, um, or, or like bad people, but just that it's not desirable, or that they they again that they're mentally ill, and that they wouldn't want to see their kids be trans, um, and I think that is what's feeding a lot of this because I think while while the overall um, I'm just gonna say queer community because. I can't keep doing the acronym. I don't know. That's a slur, Bob. Um, the Q slur. You got to be careful. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. That that one that one gets me. It's a slur. Like, no, it's not. You no. fetus. Shut up. Go sit down. So, while, you know, while that community is very accepting of uh, anyone who kind of fits into this broader group, the general population is not. So, by attaching... Because the that community has attached itself with the with trans people, I think you're seeing some. This is where the stuff like the backlash against Target has come from. Is 
you're you're seeing well from what i've heard is there was actual like though the target by us still has their mm-hmm. shit displayed quite prominently I'm sure it's so apparently it's sure no it's one f- no one flew in and tried to you know burn the store down right. or threatened any of the employees right which is what I read happened yeah no so I I mean I'm sure it's it's very much local dependent um, and um, in store by store basis uh, if or maybe region by region but uh, I think this is what's happening you're you're seeing. You're seeing a blowback on the by the grander gay community um, because of trans rights issues, and so uh, you know the the takeaway here, in my mind, is that you know the gay community is going to probably see some fairly substantial setbacks over the next couple years. But it's just got to stay. You just got to stay the line. Like uh, it, it, it'll, it'll, it'll bounce back. But um, you know, I, we were talking about this the other day. I think there are especially younger folks in the community who um, are probably going to suffer things that they couldn't have imagined. That um, you know that the older gay community has experienced. Um, as a result of this, and uh, it's gonna suck. Um, you just gotta stick together. Yeah, and it's all, and just keep, you know, just keep trying to be good people. Don't be a turf. And uh, you know, and people just trying to live their lives. And spend your money with businesses that you know are supporting you. Well, and I think that's, um, you know, that's interesting because you talk about the Target thing, and. It is kind of funny that, you know, you have a company like Chick-fil-A that apparently has their own some sort of like thing coming up because they said they're committed to diversity or something. I don't know. I didn't really look into it. But so now the conservatives are mad at them, too. But um, apparently so, you know, we we know, right, for years, Chick-fil-A has been doing things like donating money to anti-abortion groups and Mm -hmm. anti-whatever queer groups, like you said, and stuff like that. Um, And, you know, it feels like to me the response to that from whatever you want to say, queer people, liberal people, whatever, was just, well, I'm not going to eat there and give them my money. And the response to, oh, there's some, you know, shirts or something that i don't like at target i'm gonna go is i'm gonna i'm gonna berate employees and i'm gonna burn this place down <laughs> like, i'm gonna roll so in is, with a gun it, and threaten everybody it right. is just interesting the way different groups react is all i'll well, say i i think the uh, you know especially extremist right um is seeing that this is a losing battle they're seeing that the gay community is by and large accepted well, and it's not only that. You saw it. There was supposed to be a red wave last election. And there wasn't. And it's the fucking... It was the children, Gen Z, who fucking saved us from that shit. Mm-hmm. So you have people... I mean, I'm not saying that everybody in Gen Z is a liberal-minded or whatever. I just think it's been a lot more... They're a lot more open and accepting of of all people as opposed to folks older than them. Well, he, and they've I, seen their friends... Persecuted against, and especially in Florida, oh, can't say gay in school and all this nonsense. They just passed another bill I saw where, like, 
if you're like on the ambulance and you know, oh, you're, you're a trans person and you're just in a, a car accident. Well, my religious beliefs, that doesn't align with that. So I don't have to help you. Mm-hmm. So. And what happened to do no harm, by the way? Nah, nah, we're not doing that. <laughs> That's done. We're not doing that anymore. Like if there, like if you're, if you're. It's um, in the oath. It's the first one. If you're, if you're a paramedic. Yeah. And you decide, it's like paramedics will work on fucking murderers, you know? It's like you decide, oh, I'm not going to help someone right now because they're trans. Okay, you're out. Kick them out. Take you away should, their you, license. You should lose your license. You're out. Yeah, I agree. Thousand I don't percent. care what that person is, and your job in that moment is to help them. Yep. Let any, Let the police, whoever else, whatever else is going on, let someone else sort that out. Doctors help murderers stay alive, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's not their job to decide when someone dies. No. No, I completely agree with that. I it's But the, I do think uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. The whole thing I always is cut Bob off. I'm the such whole, a monster. The whole thing is it, I That's think true. this is a this is a challenging time for that community. Mm-hmm. And um and it's 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 going to be for a while. Um, and I know there's a lot of folks who are very um, upset about, you know, Target having pulled back a little bit um, or a lot of bit in certain stores. Um, and, it, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, I, I would say, you know, go find creators on Etsy who are making stuff. Well, the folks who got pulled, Buy I stuff. saw they do have their own Etsy store. The yeah. folks who were creating the stuff that got pulled, go support them directly. Yep. Go do that. I mean, it, the, 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 whole, the biggest thing that you, you people need to understand in all regards of anything, corporations are not your friends and no. do not give a shit about you. You are a dollar sign to them. Yep. If you can find a smaller independent thing to support, yeah, I'm going to tell you to support that 10 times out of 10. Yeah, and uh, uh, the the unfortunate thing is, um, gay rights is a polarizing issue. I mean, honestly, there's no big business that should be really taking a stand on that issue one way or the other. It's in, it's insanely bad business. Um, well, I don't know that like selling merchandise is necessarily taking a stand. If you don't want to buy it, don't fucking buy it. Well, I I agree with you, but. A good by portion of the country don't believe that. The argument, well, fine, the, the but... argument would be if you put something in a store, you're endorsing that product. And and to a degree, you would say if it's something like food at Target, you wouldn't want them to put food on the shelf that's like, you know, poisonous. You would say you're endorsing this food. It's on your store shelves. Sure, sure. But I don't like Jack's frozen pizza. I'm not going to roll up and like. Sure. I don't like this pizza. I'm going to shoot you in the face. Those are fighting words. That's fighting words. What if Target started having a book section that was uh, just all religious texts and included books again on um, gay conversion and how to do it? I'm not going to buy them. Be a little mad about it. There's Would it make me- you more adverse to go to the store? This is why this is why the liberals can't win because we don't have a backbone. Hey, that's not true. I've never ate a Chick-fil-A. Sorry, Alex, keep it in your toe. Hey, let me tell you something, all right? I'm not putting up with any of these companies' bullshit. I can't even believe all the shit that happened at Activision Blizzard, and I'm definitely going to be playing Diablo 4 tomorrow, okay? I'm going to be playing it. 
Would you like our bi-weekly update on the Activision Blizzard Microsoft? Oh, they, they sell like Ron DeSantis's book nonsense and like Mike Pence's book and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. What are you going to do? What so Ron, does Anderson. What does Ron DeSantis have to say in a book? <laughs> I, you know What's what, he Alex? About? The time I fucked with Disney and they're going to ruin you me. You know what, Alex? I, I never I never found myself being like, you know what I want to sit down with? I'm just curious. What for you put, several hours. I'm just curious what you put in the book if you're Ron DeSantis. Like, you've, you're okay, you're the governor of Florida. <laughs> oh, before we move on. Well, to it's our- anybody who's running for president. It's their, yeah. their treatise. This is it's so I see things. I see. Hmm. I My plan is to... Uh, spend exactly three minutes on this next election or at least at the presidential level um and those three minutes will comprise of uh the 30 seconds uh that it takes me to uh, print out my sample ballot uh and then the minute uh it will take in to fill out my uh that little box on the form. Oh, are you writing me in? Oh yeah, always. Um, and then the little uh, for the primary, and then the little box, another minute to fill in the little box, and for for the general. Alex, one of these days you are gonna get a call and be like, "Oh, you won! Congratulations! You're the new county comptroller." Hey, that's a good gig. <laughs> and the great thing about being elected to a position is you don't have to be good at it. I'm just. What we should do is we should just make up lawn signs for him. I think I could win. One of these jobs that's like un- like one person runs. Forest preserve or something. No, else. no, no. I care about the forest preserves. We need someone who knows what they're doing. Wait a Alex, second. Alex, wait a second. Alex, wait a forest second. preserves. Bob, Bob, you get me in and you can run it by proxy. Oh, there you go. Shadow government, Bob. Shadow go- <laughs> this up is a deep state. Deep state. Fan fiction, deep state. Hey, we watched uh, Inside Job. We could pull this off. <laughs> You're talking about the cartoon, not some like 9-11 was an Inside Job nonsense, correct? Right, right, okay. right. Just, I'm just making but sure. But, but Do you ever sit through Loose Change? No. Oof-a. Oof-a, Bob. The very definition of a rough sit. You know it's a rough sit. Dune. The 1984. How good David is that? Lynch. How good is that soundtrack, though? That soundtrack is pretty great. That that da, na, na, na. when he's riding on the fucking sandworms, it's beautiful. Alex, have you ever seen this? I have not. Oh my Ooh, god, it's a journey. <laughs> have you watched the new Dune? I have not. No. Okay. So Oscar Isaac's got a great beard. <laughs> We have and Batista's there. Always, Batista is there. Batista's sure. always great. How was Batista in the movie, Bob? Barely there. Really? I mean, he he looks good. Well, I mean, I it's, it's is he with House Har- House Harkonnen? Harkonnen, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, so Alex, uh, basically, oh, I got tangled. Um, Your tinkering has come back to bite you in the ass. So basically, uh. I, I'm I'm uh, in a few weeks. I'm heading out west to do a running related thing, and um, <gasps> the uh, the hey, can that, is that is there opening on the schedule for pizza? Can that be a pizza <laughs> thing one of those days? Erica, hello. I know I was gonna talk about that. This, this is a visual medium. 
Uh, yeah, we can totally do pizza one of those days. Okay, sweet. So, anyways, the folks I'm going with insisted that I read Dune and that I watch um, the new movie um, before then. So, uh, I did that. And uh, now I, you the, hate them. The new movie's good. I think the new movie you might like. Um, the the book I thought was good too. I don't know what your book tastes are. Um, the nineteen eighty four David Lynch movie though, which they did not tell me to watch, but I was like, "Well, I've got to watch it." Well, that's when I walked in. I was like, "What? What are you doing to yourself?" <laughs> now I, I have also sat through this monstrosity. Probably about 10, 15 years ago. All I can Because th- Bob. Is it long? Bob. The spice must flow. <laughs> it's, I think it's a little over two hours. That's not It bad. feels like 10, though. Because <laughs> he's, he's just assailing you with nonsense. And it's like, it, it's, what is going on? It is, it is like, it's like listening to an audiobook on 2X. That's what because he he hits you with so much, uh, fucking wait, oh, what's the word? Um, lore, lore, um, world building, exposition, 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 just constant exposition, just constantly explaining this, 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 and it's just happening so fast. There's a scene, um, in the movie where, um where uh paul and his mother jessica meet these people called fremen uh who are like the native people of the planet and uh and their leader is stillgar right now i have just quotes like flying through my head and i'm stopping myself from shouting them into the microphone what's amazing is like in the book like this encounter like takes like is like in such excruciating detail very thought out just really like in the book is really good at building uh bu- world building okay. especially in the first two thirds um you got to the part with the dumb thing with the hand box and i was like you know you know what i don't care <laughs> the movie does a pretty good job of it too like it, it the pace or the new movie it paces in really well it gives it time to breathe. Well, it doesn't wait, overstay. Who's, so like, who's well, a director? Uh, Denny Villeneuve. Dude knows how to make a, a, yeah. a movie. 1984 Dune. <laughs> it's just like, bam, 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 bam. And it's like, and, and like there were so many parts in the movie where like they pulled the quote right out of the book, but then they just read it as fast as they possibly could. And it's so disorienting and weird and just you know it's is it it like they're trying to stuff the whole book into one movie that's what they did and that's a big fucking book well because it ended up not having david lynch's name on it because i think they ended up the movie was supposed to be like a lot longer they chopped the shit out of it and they chopped the shit out of it because they he filmed it and again it's david fucking lynch he gave it to them and they were like what what are we to do with this what what are we to do with this david yeah and so it was like, okay, we're going to take it and we're going to cut it to ribbons. And he was like, well, then take my fucking name off of it. Yeah. I mean. But it, he's still getting blamed on this podcast. Well, I mean, there's things on there that it's like, it, it's still very David Lynch. Like. Why you would think to give him 
knowing it's David Lynch, a like sci-fi kind of tentpole sort of like, ooh, we're gonna, we want to make a lot of money with this movie. That's not that the that's not the you know who you needed for this in that time period? George Lucas, Ridley Scott. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have made more sense. Or James Cameron. When was this being filmed? Eighty four. Well, it came out in eighty four. Okay, Ridley Scott was very busy making the cinematic masterpiece, Legend, <laughs> <laughs> with Tom Cruise pre-teeth straightening and a powerhouse performance by Mr. Tim Curry. <laughs> I love that too stupid movie. It is a delight from start to finish. Alex, you should watch Dune 1984. <laughs> Alex is like, nah, you know, I think I'm good. Because it, it's like, <laughs> the only explanation I have for it is that David Lynch spent the entire filming just completely high on hallucinogens and cocaine. I mean, it was the 80s. It was. So that that's my only reasonable explanation for it. It is so unbelievably weird. It's it's just great. Like, it, it's not, it is, it's, it's interesting because it's, it's one of those movies that's kind of gotten a cult following um, later in life. Because I feel like there, there is, there's some good stuff in there. Again, the soundtrack is amazing. Uh, 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 when he is like riding the 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 sandworm for the first mm-hmm. time, that's like a great scene. Yeah. Uh, there's good shit. There is good shit. It's just, it's in a melange of like, what what is this? What am I watching? Yes. It's just very weird. It's very like the way the the book kind of portrays it, and um, the the new movie take on it is is a lot less weird like it's i feel like the new movie captures what's in the book a lot better and what david lynch was trying to do was be like oh yeah i'm just gonna make this weird it's pretty much the thesis statement i think but uh it's, it's david lynch. it's david lynch right so um if you ever do watch it you're not going to i know but if you ever do watch it, I'd love to know what you think. What's it on? Max? Uh, no, I actually had to rent it. You're a lunatic. Yes. That's what I was like. We rented the... Oh, you spent money. Okay, cool. Well, it was under the whatever the limit is, right? So he didn't have to ask. That was. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the new toy that you bought? Your new thing? Or would you like to say that for later? Should we you say it? You mean our new patio set? Oh, mm. you want to do that? The thing that we bought for the family that everyone can use? Oh, no. So that we can sit outside and enjoy our daughter in our backyard? It's so uncomfortable when mommy and daddy fight. I also didn't just buy that on my own without talking to you about it. Mm, yeah. So nice try. Anyway. <laughs> Anywho. Thanks for that. I didn't do anything. <laughs> to be fair, he really didn't do anything. He didn't know what he was walking into there. That was all me. Hi. Hi. What's up? I'm the problem. It's me. 
Um, what were we talking about? Dune. Dune. Maybe watch Dune. <laughs> <laughs> don't. 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 No, here's it's a, such a, it's a hey, bad movie. Thing. You got to watch Dune as like as like a, a study in film history. It has to be like you're having a bad movie evening. You have some friends over. You're fully aware that you're going to be poking fun. And just enjoy yourself. You know what cracked me up is Bob sent me a picture of the umbrella you got in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And he's like, look at all. He's like, look at the shade or something like that. There was no shade. Like there was, there <laughs> no, was Alex, literally. Though I will tell no, but you, Erica, there was literally in this picture. <laughs> in the photo, there's no shade. There's literally no shade being cast <laughs> I, by this umbrella. I will I tell was you. Like, I was just like, where? I will tell you right now. It has improved sitting out on the patio in the afternoon a thousandfold. No, I believe you. It was just the picture was hilarious. Was there any shade in that picture? The, the one chair had a little shade. Out. <laughs> yeah, not from, not from the umbrella. From the chair casting a shadow. No, the umbrella was a little bit. Uh, okay. Yeah, it was, sure it was. It was there. Yeah. Anywho. I just wanted to talk real quick about this whole the Microsoft buying Activision thing. We don't have to relitigate it for the 45th time. But what's interesting is I was under the impression, like whatever months ago when this all began with the CMA blocking it, is that, you know, you could appeal it to this review board, right? Mm -hmm. But then it could just get sent back to the CMA and they could just block it again. Well, apparently that's not exactly the case. So... You know, Microsoft, when they challenge it, and they are going to, they've already appealed it, and so is Activision. They're doing it, like, separately. It's got to keep it going for as long as possible. Yeah, for sure. But what's interesting is when they challenged it, they they basically can lay out... You can't challenge the ruling, but you can challenge what they did, like, what what they ruled on, like, what reasoning they used. Like the means. And if any of it is factually incorrect... The court can essentially strike that down and say, this is actually literally wrong. Okay. And then when it gets sent back to the CMA, they can't use that reason again to block it. Mm. So that's what's interesting about it is that if they say something like, you know, we've argued about um, what percentage of the cloud gaming market Microsoft holds. Right. Well, whatever percentage the CMA used... If that information is wrong, they can't use that reason again to block it. So it is kind of interesting that like the court can kind of, they can like lay out essentially the guidelines for, hey, you did this and this is just straight up not right. Mm -hmm. And so you can't do this again. Hmm. Now, is that going to stop them from coming up with some other reason to block it? You know, yeah, who knows? And it'll take it'll be six months before oh, we yeah. even find out. But that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that makes and that makes sense as like a a reasonable check and balance. Yeah. Because I mean at the end of the day, you and I can have opinions, but you know it means dick all. Um, but that that sounds like the perfect thing for a court to do. Yeah, and the other interesting part is, you know, and this is like the type of thing they could probably find within like company correspondences is, you know, Activision is doing their own separate challenge. And they've said, you know, you guys are talking about cloud gaming this, cloud gaming that. 
And you should be happy Microsoft is going to put our stuff on cloud gaming because we are not going to. And we never had any plans to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you saying, oh, well, like, how am I trying to word this? Uh, like Microsoft is going to withhold things from certain cloud gaming providers. Mm-hmm. Well, we were never going to give it away anyway. Right. So whatever. We don't need to go over the whole thing again, but our bi-weekly update. <laughs> it's, just, it's bonkers how this thing is dragging out. Yeah. So the, the apparently the challenge for that will happen in like late July. And then we'll see if anything gets you know changed or sent back to the cma or if the court's just like yeah all good Mm -hmm. have fun well you gotta i what's interesting about it to me is because of and i don't know anything about this court that they're gonna go to and how much of that is public um it's all public It's, it's it's aired is it yes okay so i mean in theory, like the their burden of proof is going to be massive. So, there's which side? Microsoft and Activision, because they have to prove that what CMA said is wrong. Um, now I again, this does hinge on the exact rules of this court and their yeah. their procedures. But generally, when you're trying to over when you're trying to overturn a ruling, like you, the burden of proof is tremendous on you. It's like, you know, the same concept as in football when you're trying to overturn uh, a call in the field. Right, it has to be it, like conclusive. conclusive. In right. theory, in theory, in theory. Um, so you know what I think could be interesting is that they may they may end up sharing a lot more information than they ever wanted to. And it could give us some more insight into the companies because they don't, they're not going to want to risk. Well, clearly they're all in. I mean, they want this push through. They're not giving up. They want it done. So they're going to, they're going to bring, come out and, and show everything they can to, to, um, to try and convince this court. And that, yeah, I'm just saying it could, there could no, be some could really be interesting stuff. Well, it kind of like when there was that whole thing with Apple and Epic mm-hmm. over Fortnite and a lot of stuff came out from that. Oh yeah. And it could be like that again, but the, I mean, we, I've been saying from the beginning, it's hilarious how Microsoft, they go around and Brad Smith and Phil Spencer, they've been talking the whole time. We're wildly incompetent. Like we're really bad at making video games. Like please let us buy this so we can compete with Sony and Nintendo and Tencent. No, so, some of that stuff that you had said last we're time. We're hilariously bad at was this. Was just like my dude. <laughs> what? <laughs> they've been cutting themselves down a lot to try to get this push through. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be uh But that being said, it'll be a long time. <laughs> Because even if the even if the court like says yeah you need to go back and reevaluate this CMA has that'll to be that'll be another investigation that takes another forty five million years I'm sure so yeah I I you know I was just kind of an aside like I mean we've obviously debated this quite a lot but but what we're here one of the things <laughs> that is so fascinating about this whole thing to me is that the only reason this seems to be a problem is be just because of 
consolidation of companies. You know, like if this was two small companies trying to merge, it would just be pushed through. Yeah, it wouldn't be. At the, but because you've got these this mega corporation like Microsoft, one of the like three biggest companies in the world, trying to buy Activision, one of the biggest gaming companies in the world, you know, it's getting a lot of scrutiny. And it should. Yeah. Right. You exactly. Know? And, but if they just, if we didn't have to merge and consolidate every fucking company. Well, you're going to get to a point like you are with the airlines where it's like, okay, you've got four big airlines anymore, right? Mm-hmm. If United decides to do one suck. thing, they all suck, right? And if there's any sort of problem, they all fold immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing. How but that it's works. okay. United's going to start doing like these new baggage fees, and it's like oh, the yeah. other airlines sit there for like a month and go, "Oh, they're getting, they're getting, they're getting away with that." Okay, we're all going to do these baggage yeah. fees now too. I'm, I'm glad you brought up airlines <clears throat> because I think airlines are the perfect analogy for what. Gaming and technology companies are, are need to become. Well, let me just serve it up for you, darling. There Thank you go. You. You're very welcome. So, one of the uh, um, a couple episodes ago, I mentioned this book I read about on Ars Technica, um, that was talking about the history of innovation and failure of innovation. Um, and the book is by a guy named uh, Vaclav Smil, and um. Smill is the last name. Smill, I believe that's it. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, and he, he goes through, he's got the book broken up into three chunks. It's like, um, the first is like innovations that were great when they came out and then have died out. Um, it, the examples were like DDT and lighted gasoline um, and um, airships. Um, Though we should bring back airships, yeah. Also, the DDT when it first came out was quite the innovative maneuver from Jake the Snake Roberts, I and mean, he would never <laughs> really just beat everyone with that, you know. Right and now, it's just normal. No, it's a transitional move. maneuver. It's yeah. it's a shame. It really is. But go ahead, Bob. Um, then he talks about like innovations that, uh, like, just kind of didn't didn't pan out all anyways the chapter i'm on are like is talking about things that were always hoped for and have not happened and one of the examples is planes and supersonic flight so there was always this hope of like you know that you would have uh you'd be able the planes would just keep getting faster and you could get across the world in just hours um, instead of like a full day of flying to get from one end to the other. So, um, you know, and he goes through all the reasons why. It, I mean, we know like the sonic boom is the big problem, right? It's also incredibly fuel inefficient, which when supersonic flight was being investigated, no one really cared about greenhouse gases but the cost of fuel even still uh was problematic and um so you know there was the concord everyone knows the concord right and it fizzled out and now we're 
all planes kind of top out at a, like it's called it's Mach 0.85 and unless there's some like really unbelievable breakthrough in technology that is just where it's always going to be it's never going to get any faster than that so um which leads to other funny stories of like when you account for like ground time and everything at flying to Los Angeles from New York is actually faster in the sixties than it is today. Um, <sighs> but, uh, so regardless it's, um, well, how does this tie into to gaming companies and what have you? Well, the, the point is the, the airline industry reached, you know, uh, uh, a limiting factor where you really, there was, you really can't innovate much more. You know, everything airlines do to make more money these days is cramming more people on planes, uh, pushing nickel and diming you, nickel and diming you, you know, Boeing and Airbus are working very hard to make their planes more fuel efficient, um, with every iteration. Sure. But there's there's no like great disruption of yeah. airlines coming anytime soon. Even if they do figure out how to make supersonic flight um, technologically attainable, um, there's still like no one's gonna pay that much money to fly across the country because. It's perfectly fine to fly. I, I was perfectly comfortable when we flew to Southwest, when we flew Southwest of Florida. Right. That was fine. That was perfectly acceptable. It was fine. You know, am I going to pay five times as much to get down there in 45 minutes? No. No. Well. I mean, maybe. <laughs> but. Maybe the one time. Maybe. Just, just to see. Just to see. I just want to try it. Just give me a taste. So, this is, this is kind of, you know, this is where... I think the technology companies and gaming companies are starting to get to this point where they're becoming mature industries and they're reaching natural limiting factors and innovation is not happening at the breakneck speed that it was. And line needs to go up. But line continues to need to go up. Well, and yeah, and that is, you know, this kind of happens right when you talk about generations of consoles now where the generations are very blurred. And there isn't the big leaps happening. Like, there's no NES to Super NES to N64 to GameCube, you know, where you're having these big jumps, right, generation to generation. And now, like, you get a... You go from, like, an Xbox One to a Series X. And yes, of course, the graphics and the horsepower are, like, dramatically better. But it's not transformational, like going from a 16-bit system to a 32-bit system. If you set your like system. boomer parent down in front of it, would they be able to tell? Oh well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fine. But, <laughs> I no, I know what you mean though. Alex. Yeah. And it's kind of like um, you know, another thing we talk about like phones is. You know, lithium-ion is lithium-ion. And nobody yep. seems to be able to come up with a better battery technology. And so you just kind of, not on a consumer level anyway, so you just kind of have, like, the, the two ways you could solve the problem of this limited power supply, right, mm-hmm. is you could either, you either have to just keep making the chip more efficient, 
Or you throw more battery at it. Well, I think the problem with lithium ion in uh, phones and, and most consumer electronics is that the lithium, we have adapted to and we're, we accept that I have to charge my phone every day. And I'm perfectly okay with that. No one's like no one's not buying phones because you have to charge it every day. Um, if people just suddenly stop buying phones because, well, I'm not going to have a phone because I don't like charging it every day. Some of that advanced battery tech that's in labs right now would start finding its way to phones. But people aren't going to give away their phone for that reason. Sure. So, I, I think a more like um, a, a more perhaps relevant comparison is to TVs. Now, the 4K TV I think is probably the best we will ever need for the vast majority of consumers. Like, you're not going to sell people an 8K TV. It's going to be hard, especially at certain sizes. You know, you could sell you could sell a super rich fuck who wants a two hundred inch television and an AK TV. Sure. But that's a super niche market. Right. Um, in terms of a mass consumer product, I think AK is gonna be a pretty fucking hard sell. Um, especially because you really have to consider honestly, the only use for four K that's in terms of like a noticeable thing is really gaming. Because even when you talk about Blu-rays for movies, I don't think there's really that big of a difference between 1080p and 4K, especially if you're sitting like 20 feet away from the television. I think it depends I, on the movie. I, I yeah, I was just I, I, I think I disagree with that. I mean, I can notice the difference between 1080p and 4K at, at the, the distance dis- you're sitting on your couch from in down here. Yes, upstairs. Well, that's a lot closer. Upstairs. Maybe not. You're a lot closer. Upstairs, I don't think you could tell the difference. That's pretty far away. Yeah, upstairs, I'll give you that. But down here, where like if I'm gonna sit down well, to that's like, like you're watch like a seven movie, feet of the TV, right? And which is, I mean, and that's great because, you know, I can sit a little closer to the TV and have a super sharp picture, or I can, you know, then have or I can buy like a tv twice the size and then sit further away and in which case i still need 4k because now i've got a twice as big tv screen but yeah um but there's also the problem of just there's a lot of content that isn't even 4k though there's that as well i mean it has to be upscale you know k comcast or whoever else like no one's even broadcasting in 4k like it's ridiculous you know how bad a 720p image is going to look on an 8k television you're going to want to die (laughs) <laughs> it's gonna look horrible. It, it's it's uh it's a strain that that industry is very bizarre and you know every year, um LG and uh, Samsung basically roll out minor updates yeah, to the same TV and it's like okay I mean you know there are some that come with you know the new. Um, gaming features and I think that's yeah I've that's definitely probably seen your biggest market I, I've definitely seen the biggest push seems to be in the gaming market in terms of selling these TVs like LG does where they kind of hit two spaces they hit your they hit your bobs where it's like 
okay, I want the best TV in terms of like image quality and um, color accuracy and stuff like that for watching movies. And then it's also like the best gaming TV. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of hitting the two markets at the same time, which I think are probably your, I would assume in terms of a high end television, that's probably your two main markets, right? Is your, your movie watcher, the really hardcore movie watcher Mm -hmm. and the somewhat serious gamer. Yeah. I mean, in terms of people who are going to go buy a 1500 or $2,000 television. No, I would agree with that. Um, and so I think that's why you're seeing like, you know, LG, they try to, you know, especially I heard this year, the, the, TV is super color accurate right out of the box. And, um, you know, on like the filmmaker mode or whatever. And then you also have like, you know, they they do things like they have the high resolution, uh, high refresh rate displays, you know, variable refresh rate technology. So that's the stuff the gamer cares about. So those are kind of the two segments I think they're hitting. Because I don't know. I don't know what else you would even hit on. Because, I mean, Joe Schmo just wants a TV who doesn't care about what the TV does or anything. To me, that guy's going to buy like a three, four hundred, five hundred dollar television. Well, they're, right. they're going to zoom in on the sporting events because they don't like the bars on the top. Sure. Can't see the score. You're like missing all kinds of stuff. Yeah. It's the same person who zooms in. It's like the same guy who doesn't care about his TV is the same person who made the decision to cut off the top and the bottom of the Simpsons and Seinfeld <clears throat> when they put him on streaming. Just show it in the original aspect ratio, it's guys. so dumb. Just show it in the original aspect ratio. It'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, and yeah, I think I've heard like this year's LGs are like a little bit of a bigger leap than they have been. But generally, you know, an LG CX is very much a similar TV to a C1, C2, C3. I mean, there really isn't that much. The TV space is kind of boring lately. And in a sense, that's a good thing because you know like you buy this you're probably going to get a high quality product that's going to last you a long time yeah and so and, and that's the kind of nice thing about phones now right is you don't need to you know, like if you're a maniac you can update your phone every year or two years something mm-hmm. but you don't really need to they're fine yeah i'm actually even trying to remember why i upgraded this phone because um, I had an XR before this. You wanted something smaller. I think you just wanted something smaller, right? Yeah. I think there was more to it. I don't think it was just I'm because... I'm pretty sure you just wanted something smaller. I mean, I wanted something smaller. I feel like there was another reason. I don't think there was. I mean, it could be a Bob Math reason. Maybe, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it was just because you wanted something Bob smaller. Bob like, I'm like 98% sure that is why you got that phone. I mean, that seems... Like something I would do. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like there was like a 2% other reason. Sure. <laughs> you talking about the 2% shade that was coming off that umbrella? <laughs> it's a nice umbrella. It is a nice umbrella. Doesn't cast a shadow for some reason, <laughs> but weird. <laughs> the sun was like horizontal to it, I guess. Well, yeah. Hey, I like the umbrella. I think the umbrella and the patio set were excellent buys. <laughs> oh God, they were. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I haven't seen them, but I think so too. <laughs> and the umbrella was paid for with work bonuses. Woohoo! Anywho, <laughs> what else you got, Bob? You had a whole list. I did have a list. Um, oh, let's talk about uh, talk about the lost thing, Erica. <laughs> Oh, 
so uh, I'm on this uh, Discord for a uh, another podcast called a, a to, to shock and surprise no one, whiskey with Witcher, where these uh, uh, two folks who uh, they uh, discuss an episode of The Witcher and they have a uh, whiskey pairing to go with it. They're delightful, lovely to chat with on Discord. One of them uh, uh, posted this article. I guess it was in Vanity Fair. Uh, and it was kind of, I don't know if it's an excerpt from the book that's coming out, which is um, called Burn It Down, I believe, or Burn It All. I'll look up what the actual name of it is. It isn't out yet. But it's about, um, uh, to be overly simplistic, uh, the shittiness of and uh, uh, um, allowance of shittiness to keep occurring on, on writer's rooms and shows in Hollywood. Uh, did you guys both read it? I read the whole article. It's a long article. Did you read it, Bob? I didn't have a chance to read it. I see how it is. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, I didn't poop enough. Lovely. <laughs> so basically, it just kind of went into how, uh, what were their names? Carlton Cruz and Damon Lindoff? Yeah, I don't know how to say his, I'm not sure if that's how you say his name. I'm, I'm not sure not, either. The, but yeah, the sure. two guys who were like the, the uh, show. Was it Cruz? Cruz? Not it Cruz. Cruz. It wasn't Cruz. Cruz. Yeah, no, you're right. It's C-U-S-E. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the showrunners on Lost and how the writer's room was just this like festering like rampant racism uh uh sexism bullying just like a nightmare apparently yeah um and they just kind of ran it like like a frat house pretty much yeah that does not shock me it's not surprising but it was just kind of like wow Especially the treatment of uh, uh, the actor who played um, Michael Harold uh, is his Paranew? Is that how you pronounce it? I I don't know. Don't I know. so I haven't I haven't watched Lost, but what I was thinking reading this article is they talked about how, you know, sorry I need to sneeze. No, you're right. Bless you. <laughs> Bob watched Lost, so you know those characters. Yeah. So what's interesting to me is they were talking about in the article how, you know, the show was originally conceived as an ensemble, but then when it would be promoted and when they would write storylines, it was very focused on the three like white characters who were played by uh, Matthew Fox. What's her name? Uh, Invalid, Inven, in, something Lily. Evangelion Lily. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Evangelion. Evangelion. Yes. Um, and then what's the other guy? Uh uh Sawyer. Yeah, I can't the, remember the, the actor's hair. name. Yeah. yeah, I can't. But it's like I just remember from that time. That's like you would only ever see those three on like any sort of promotional. Material. Well, and it very much became. And I, I, Bob, jump in if I'm, I'm wrong here, but it became that was the show was about them. And then a little bit the yeah. lock guy, the old guy, yeah. lock right. Yeah. Um, so I remember seeing him too, but it was, it really seemed to be very focused on those four people. Yeah. Obviously they're all like white. Three of them are young at that time were young, hot and white. Um, so it's like, yeah, as the show went on, you know, it, it stepped back it, from it, being an ensemble, it, it, you know, it consolidated down to those core storylines and, um, it was, and I mean, Jack was always, even from the start, he was always 
pretty keyed up as the lead. Um, but the way they presented it to uh, Harold uh, Perrineau was that that was not going to be the case. Yeah. Because he was on, like, I didn't realize he was on Oz. Like, he had been, like, yeah. you know, like, no, I'm, I'm the fucking, I'm a git for your fucking show. Yeah. And the way it was kind of pitched to him was, no, it really is going to be equal time for everybody, really a true ensemble. And he kind of saw the writing on the wall. And I think that the one thing that was like nuts to me was, so there is a point where, well, one, it's like, okay, you hired a child actor to play his son, right? I don't know if you know this, Alex. Kids get Children older. age. Children age. They have growth spurts. So it was like, if you weren't willing to kind of work that into your story, then maybe we just shouldn't have, a, have had a kid on at all. Yeah. Because they really quoted that as a reason why they wrote it, wrote uh, his character off. But he said he went and talked to them about, like, uh, one of the episodes after Walt gets taken is an episode about, like, Sawyer and his, like, backstory. And uh, uh, Harold was like, um, I I don't ask about my kid, like, at all in this script. Isn't it weird to be doing these scenes where my kid just got kidnapped and I don't seem to care at all about it? And I'm just like, oh, oh, white man, please tell me about your pain. Let's discuss you. So he went to them and was like, can we, like, change this? And as a result, he's pretty sure that's why he got written off written off the show. Fuckers. Pretty much, right? And I guess there was an interview that he gave at the time where he basically, like, said as much. And ABC was, like, scrambling to get, like, a retraction or something. But he was like... It is what it is. Right. That's what I said. I said what I, I said. I didn't get misquoted. And you guys can be all like hot that I, you know, quote unquote, played the race card. But that's clearly what was happening here. Right. So. It's. Uh, <laughs> it's not. Yeah. It wasn't surprising at all. Right. Yeah. Not at all. Well, I, thought, I thought there were some interesting things in the article. Like they were talking about how apparently the writer's room was so bad that between season one and two, every single writer left the show except for one. And the one that stayed then couldn't take it anymore after season two and he left as well. And it just doesn't seem, especially in a show that's so popular, it's weird that the whole writing room would turn over in that one quickly. season. Yeah. And that you know, explains a lot. Yeah. Well, and two, it's hard to tell a cohesive, cohesive story. Yeah. When you're hiring all new writers all the time. And, you know, they, one of the things they, you know, referenced in that article was shows like The Shield and The Sopranos and stuff like that, like all these prestige TV shows that were on around that time. And, you know, I seem to remember The Shield. I mean, I'm sure, like, some people came and went, but... They're always going to be a little bit of churn, right? Yeah, but I seem to remember the core writing staff on The Shield kind of stayed together the whole way, mm-hmm. and that was like a seven, eight season show, and... I think that's why that show is so tightly written and everything ties together. Like there's shit happening in the last episode that references back to the first episode. Let's like, take something. Everything like, is like, it's a, it's a line all the way through. Like Breaking Bad where it's, you do yeah. have, it's, it's a cohesive, cause you need that, right? Yeah. To tell a cohesive story and Lost and does it, and not it, have a cohesive seemed, and, you story. Know, like I said, I didn't watch it, but my impression from the outside looking in on Lost was always that people were kind of like, 
some like it was good at first then it kind of fell off the rails then it kind of was good again then it fell off the rails like it was always like it sounded very up and down like an up and it down was. show the first season is a great season of television and yeah. then two is where they're like oh fuck we gotta kind of stall for time because we don't know what we want to do so there's a lot of like wheel spinning in season two yes and what? then season three is where like toward the end of season three I felt is where it really started to pick up again and then it kind of, yeah, it's just sort of a a downward spiral from there. Well, and you talk about, you know, I always say, you know, I don't know what happened on that show or whatever. He's like, remember like Homeland, that show went a billion seasons. The first season of Homeland, I would say like anybody could just, just go watch the first season. Because the show like was still good for a while after that. But man, that first season of Homeland is some of the best television I swear like has ever been made. Um, but after that, it was like, okay, whatever. But um, yeah, it was kind of like uh, Lost was a weird one. though. I just never felt compelled to watch it. I don't know why. I didn't watch the first season live. I did come into season two live and watched it pretty religiously after that. Um. I really liked it. So it was disheartening to hear that like all this shit was going on behind the scenes. Well, and the other thing that was interesting about that article, and I saw some people unearth some other quotes when, is it Lindoff? Lindoff? How do you say his name? I'm not sure, but. But anyways, it was, there was some interesting stuff where, you know, when he was out promoting the, the Watchmen before Watchmen, whenever that came out on HBO recently, remember that? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Cause he was another, that's his show as well. I forgot that was him. And so, uh, Lindelof? It's in, it looks like Lindelof. Anyway. We're, we're pronouncing it incorrectly. Yeah, whatever. whatever. Maybe I'm... Who knows? But, you know, there were some quotes from him even back then, which, is you know, that's like two, three years ago or something, right? That's longer than that. It was pre-pandemic, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, maybe. So, the Watchmen you know, he's TV even... Show? He was even talking way back then about basically how, like, the writer's room on Lost was bad. And it's all it basically like it was my fault. I was inexperienced as a manager. Like he was basically always, even back then, he was already like out on the apology tour. Like I fucked up. I did a bad job, you know. And that is kind of the tone of his comments in this article. There is a lot of um, I don't really remember anything that happened yeah. too. Yeah. But he is apologetic, whereas Kikus. He- Kuz, on the other hand, is straight up like, I've never done anything wrong. Right, yeah. These people are fucking crazy. I'm a bastion and I don't perfection. know what's going on. Right. <laughs> you know? Though the one thing that uh, uh, I kind of took away from the very end is where they start talking about, like, oh, well, you kind of have to be a monster to be, like, you know, good at this stuff. And it's like, that's not necessarily mm, I true. Thought, I thought what he said was, I would rather be known as a decent writer who was a good person than a great writer who was a monster. I thought he said something like that. Sure, but the the implication is that you have to be one or the other. It's like you can't be a good person and an auteur. And that's just bullshit. You don't have to be an asshole. You're choosing to be an asshole. Yeah. And uh, sure, there's a certain amount of like, I'm a white dude who's running a writer's room on one of the most popular shows that's ever existed... I don't have to lower myself to worrying about, you know, well, whatever's going on. These, these, you know, oh, we brought in our token because they talk a little bit about tokenism and having like 
oh, we had like a woman and like a a black person, but then we, we realized the that person. having that one person there amongst all of these white people, you're othering, you're othering them. them. Yeah, and that didn't help matters. Yeah, it did. It did sound like though, like one of the things of the the, the themes of the article was, you know, Lindloff. He, he it sounds like right out of the gate, like lost hits. It's like, oh shit, this is gonna be really big, and so he brings in this Kuz guy who he had worked for previously to help him. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like to me, I think what kind of happened is he got a bunch of bad guidance, probably, and that didn't help matters. But again, it's issues that he didn't. As who he is, he's just a he's a he's a white dude. He doesn't have to worry about it, so he probably didn't. He when he says, "Oh, I don't remember," or "I didn't see it," he probably really does. He probably really didn't. You know, that was like what twenty years ago or something. Because he just doesn't. One, it didn't. It, it it wasn't enough for him to give a shit about, so it just went right over his head. Because he didn't have to care. Yeah, and some of it's weird. Like, and you never know. Like sometimes. People's memories are weird too, right? But some of the stuff was so weird if it actually happened. Like the stuff where there was the one episode that was a big hit, but they didn't write the episode. So they were almost like they punished the two people who did write it. And then they well, because what like, she had said, them buy them a gift or the something. Two it was like, this is so strange. Who if it did actually, write if it? actually it. happened. It was just like it's such weird behavior. It was, they had said that, well, it's in that kind of a room everybody's kind of contributing to and you hear about this in writer's room everybody kind of contributes a bit to everything then there's usually like one or two people who sit down you know write the connecting scenes tie it all together and they're usually the ones that get the credit for it but yeah apparently they're they took issue but yeah, how much that. praise that episode got, or the awards it got, because that was because it wasn't there. A really good it. episode, the one where they discuss Abiturno, where they go into like Richard's backstory. Oh yeah, that's a great episode of television. That is, yeah. But they weren't getting the, you know, uh, showrunners weren't getting credit for it. These other two writers were, and that seemed to be a problem. Mm. But there was like, there's a lot of man, like some people, and I. Know but a lot it, of that stuff was correct. Co- I'm, I'm ruining that word corroborated there oh yeah 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 I know but in it's right and I don't think like I don't think Vanity Fair runs that article no without no their no, lawyers no. being okay with it yeah um, that was it that was in Vanity Fair mm-hmm. oh I thought it was a business insider for some reason no that's the that's the um the DoorDash thing oh um, <laughs> but no, it's preview like, for later yeah. but there was uh you know there was some stuff in there that i just can't fathom people saying and it's one thing again i've said this before on this podcast it's one thing to say things at home to your friends in a certain environment but it's another thing that's the environment that they think that they're in though well Alex. then that's what's crazy and and that's another it's another thing to go to a professional environment and be like hey korean Go get me something. Or speaking like fake Korean. It's but like, they're there. That shit's crazy, dude. And they're in this like, yeah, I'm here and I'm with my buds and yeah, we're and just we're just having a good time. I and I mean that it can happen in any industry at any company. It seems particularly bad in the entertainment industry. Oh, big time! Because there's no punishment for it. You made us a fuck ton of money. Awesome. Yeah. Go forth and do it again, please. Yeah. The risk reward is so, the, the, like, 
in, in entertainment is so crazy. It's like either you are a complete failure and you make nothing or you make all of the money. Or you, you know, make subpar shit and it's like, no, yeah, okay. No, we're going to keep giving you stuff. And that's what happens with something like Lost is, okay, they have these problems. They're aware of these problems. Like, I'm sure when the whole writing staff turns over in one season, ABC Studios knows there's Oh, but there was that one bit where they were talking about they went to that, uh, they were on a different show, the one writing. they did some sort of And they did, like, not a sexual harassment thing, but one of those kind of seminars. And they went up to them and were like, did you do this on Lost? And they were like, uh, 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 uh. Yeah. It's like, and, and what happens there, right, is the studio... Even if they know things are going on, if it doesn't reach a certain level, they probably don't want to interfere because it's like, this is our golden goose. We don't want to fuck this up. This show's propping up the whole network. Like, because I think they mentioned it was Lost and um, Desperate Housewives came out kind of that same and they propped up ABC. Yeah. This is not justifiable behavior at all. But, right, that's. And some executive is up top going, I don't give a fuck about any of that. As long as the ratings are great, that's all that matters. I well, that's care. that's the beauty of the setup with how, how it's all organized. Because the the money people at ABC, they, they give your production company the money and they say, go make it. We don't want to be involved in the day to day. Right. And we're running a network. We're running the network. We'll worry about us and corporate. And there's some plausible deniability there. Exactly. You silo all that stuff off. Like, we weren't there every day. We didn't know what was going on, and nobody said anything. What were we to do? Yep. Excuse me while I take my giant dollar sign sacks to the <laughs> bank. <laughs> yeah. Hey, on another note, Eric. I am excited to read that book, though. I am gonna, I've actually asked oh, our, our local library to buy it because I'm not going trying not to buy as many books anymore and use our our uh, uh, local resources. But I do want to read it because it sounds like they oh, mentioned yeah, yeah. a few other shows in there, including Curb Your Enthusiasm, about hmm. being in kind of that same sort of realm. Well, Curb, I mean. I don't know what the writing situation is there, but I know that a lot of that show is ad-libbed. Well, it might so. not even be a writer's room situation. It may just be Larry David's a massive asshole, but we already that I believe. I, we kind and of then, know then, that already. And then what's his name? Uh, Jeff on the show. That guy had problems at his other show, right? Um, oh, that actually, show on ABC? Goldberg's. That's yeah. they mention that by name in there too. So I'm interested yeah, to read so it. There, may, there will probably be a lot of stuff. It comes out in a few that. weeks, I think. So. Yeah. And we have, we have a nice library. We do have a very nice we library. Do. Um. But, uh, no, I wanted to talk for a moment about, uh, I'm calling, calling back to the last podcast. Remember when we brought up how much we think Bob played Tony Hawk in relation to how much I played, like, Overwatch, let's say? Yes, we did. Was it the last one? I think that was the last one. Did you have an estimation, Erica? Did you have a guess on how much Yeah, I gave you something, and then you jumped down my fucking throat, and you made me real mad, so I'm not even going to say anything. So just give us... Would you like to guess? No, just give us the fucking numbers. I would like a guess. Because no, I'm getting hot again. Okay, give me a guess. You'll get no guess. All right. Now, this number is not wholly accurate, because this is what Xbox tracks, meaning this is any time the game's running. That doesn't mean I'm necessarily playing. Well, right. you are like, a classic for, I'm going to, like, It's hang not out, as bad with Overwatch. Hang in the but, lobby, but and then I'm going to, like, flip to something else and watch TV for a little yeah, while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not as... That doesn't really happen with Overwatch, so this number is probably actually pretty close. 
Um, and there used to be prior to them switching over to Overwatch 2, the number on my stats used to be in game was actually accurate to my actual gameplay time. But the stats have been fucked for six months, and I'm sure they're never going to fix it. But um, anyways, <laughs> not that you're not that you're salty not that I'm about upset that. About no. it. Um, so Xbox says I have played 124 days of Overwatch, ten hours two minutes. What's that? Four months. <laughs> it's too much, is the answer. Right, that's four months, isn't it? Am I doing the math correctly? It's impressive, Alex. <laughs> now the other one is Destiny, Destiny Two specifically. Now this number is definitely wrong because Destiny is like I don't do it as much anymore. Um, but I used to be like, yeah, I'd get on there, maybe do something, and then walk away for two hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So this number is definitely wrong. But it says Destiny, 174 days, 18 hours, 4 minutes. That's almost six months, Alex. <laughs> now, look, I'm just saying. Bob may be a loser, but not like me. I don't know that you're reaching those stats, Bob. Lifetime on Tony Hawk? I, no chance. I don't know, Bob. That's a that's a lot. <laughs> no fucking. I don't know. Chance. I don't know that you're even in the team photo, babe. Bob and I determined I have a doctorate in video games. <laughs> I think that's fair. We we actually I combined the two, and it comes out to seventy two hundred hours. I think I heard snippets of this conversation. And you know how many hours doctors spend? Before they get Is to be 10, doctors, 10,000. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's just those two games. That doesn't even come to no, the, 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 the melange of other games, right? Yeah, so I think I've got a doctorate. Yeah, I think you, you can call me doctor. multiple, multiple, Dr. Alex from there. Now you on. go. Now, are you saying melange because we were talking about Dune, or is that actually a, a, like a real word? Melange is an actual word, but it's top of mind because of Dune. Okay. Yes. Now, the other funny article I read, this actually killed me, was apparently a new thing that's happening is door dashers are accepting orders to go pick something up and deliver it. But then after they've accepted it, they're asking for a higher tip. Holding the order hostage, (laughs) if you will. Apparently, this is a thing. And... I'm of two minds about this. One, of course, the obvious one is, is look, these companies, the amount they're paying people to do these jobs is hilariously low. It's like borderline nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, you could also make the argument that, you know, if you don't like the pay, you shouldn't do it. But maybe that's your only option. I don't know. Right. But the whole thing where it's like, oh, we're going to like create, we're going to like have this weird interaction with essentially a customer, right? Mm -hmm. Like your client in this case, I guess, where you ask for more money after you've already said yes to doing the job for X amount of money is not cool. (laughs) I would say. Let me me tell you something. I thought it was hysterical. If it were to happen to me, I would be the most rageful. Oh, at, oh that, yeah. at that point, let like me tell even you knowing this happens, I will never use DoorDash. Oh well, I've never used DoorDash. Period, because the prices are insane. I do. Did we ever use DoorDash? Um. Well, the weird thing is, I don't know that we've ever. I think we did maybe once, like when Izzy first we had, like, came home, like a coupon home. or something. Yeah. But there was also 
like there are times like you'll order food through another service and they use DoorDash. And you won't know. You don't necessarily know it. Um, that happens. Uh, yeah, no. If uh, if that happened to me, that's a zero tip now. No tip. Oh, that. Well, that's not just a tip. I'm calling DoorDash and trying to get you removed from the platform. Like, this is all-out nuclear war now. (laughs) Hysterical happening to somebody else. If it were to happen to me, the most rageful. It is funny. It's like in one of the screenshots, the guy goes like, you know I'm handling your food, right? (laughs) It's like, yeah, I'm aware. That's the problem. (laughs) If you don't give me more money, I am going to come in your food. (laughs) That is basically the implication there. yeah don't don't screw with any sort of like <laughs> delivery people or waiters or waitresses it's a losing battle you're right which is why you should just eat at home well honestly look, usually yeah my thing with all just these places don't be a dick to your waitress is if you're an in-house if you're a pizza place you do in-house delivery like it's your own drivers I'm fine getting delivery because if there's a problem, you know who we're blaming? The guy who works for you. He works for you. It's your problem. If DoorDash has some problem, they're going to try to, you've had this happen to you. Yep. They're going to try to pawn it off on DoorDash. They're going to blame it on someone else. It's going to, you're going to be doing the, you're going to be doing the ring around a Rosie and you're going to have no food and no money. <laughs> it's like, well, and, be mad. and the resolution <laughs> is always, oh, we'll just give you the credit. Motherfucker, I don't want a credit. <laughs> I want my food. I want what I ordered. Right. I want my food and I don't I don't want credit because I don't want to I won't want to use you again. So, yeah, my my I always have there's three solutions to me. If you do your own in-house delivery and the price is reasonable, I will do that if I want to. I will pick up if I want to or I just won't get it. <laughs> because yeah. I'm not using DoorDash or Uber Eats or any of these fucking third-party services. No. I never have. I never will. The prices are ridiculous. Too many potential problems. No. Well, and and, and the, the I mean, the reality is, like, the prices are ridiculous because it does cost a lot of money to run these services. The problem is the value you gain from using these services just does not, it's not worth it to the consumers. It really isn't. Like there are, I mean, there's clearly some people it is. Oh, but there was a stretch of time there where every time we ordered off of Grubhub, there was something wrong with something. Oh, yeah. Or, oh, we don't do two liters. Or, oh, we don't do uh, soda. And it's like, well, it's on your fucking menu on your on your site. Yeah. Oh, that's just well, the generic Grubhub thing. Okay, well, that's great, but I paid for a soda. Well, and here's the thing. Until we started having those bad experiences. It was fine. We used Grubhub all the time. And it was it was good it, for a long time. It was really good because for a lot of places, that was it makes sense. That was it was a convenient way to order your food, and well, it's a way for them to. I can deliver now. I can open up the business a little bit more, and I don't have to worry about. I don't have to do it myself. I have to do it myself. Advertising right. for your site, right? You know, this, uh, the restaurant discovery is kind of the biggest reason to be on these sites um but you know just what was it like in the like two or three years before the pandemic is when it started getting real bad and then it's only gotten worse um and i'm I, i'm in a complete agreement with you alex i 
I, I mean, I'm just at a point where the only time I'm going to order delivery is if I actually can't go pick up the food for some reason. And there are a very limited number of restaurants that I will order delivery from because I know I'm not going to have a problem with it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm happy ordering delivery from a pizza place that I know does their own delivery. Yep. I have no problem with that because if something shows up and it's wrong, it could be like, hey, you need to fix this. Right. You can call like, them. Call your boss. It's not going to be this whole thing. Or take it back because right? I'm not giving you the money for the thing I don't want. Right. <laughs> like, whereas when you order DoorDash or something, you're paying before you have the product. Yeah. That doesn't work for me. Well, then you got to try and call them. And then it's this whole big, like, you're, oh, we got to go through customer service. And it, it's never, it's not easy. And and then, you know, it's like, I always give the example. It's like, I know you, you know, your favorite pizza place over here. One time they showed up and they had screwed up my order. It was like, they were supposed to bring me like a can of Coke or something. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't bring it. And so I told the guy, it's like, hey, you know, I ordered a can of Coke. He goes back, comes back. They give me a 12 pack of Coke. It's like, you know, it's like, okay, they made it, you know, they went like way over they the top. They made it right, right. And it's like, I like something like that where it's like, hey, you know, I'm going to remember that. Well, right? even at your favorite pizza place, there was one time, I don't remember what they fucked up, but they ended up giving you like enough uh, of the, you need 12 of them. It's not a coupon. You know They're what I'm talking coupon. about. They're, it's a coupon for lacking Yeah, it's better. something you cut off the pizza box. and They gave you like 10 of those of and were like, here, sorry that we fucked it up. By the way, I hate to do this to you. You're not having pizza right now anyway, so it doesn't matter. Your favorite pizza place. I was in there picking up an order a couple weeks ago. You know what they do now? What's that? Slices of pizza mm. that you can go in and get. They've so always now, had the the box for slices, but... Um, yeah, now I guess they're doing it. It's smart. You know what's not smart? Pissing off a customer who would come in at least once every two weeks. <laughs> To the point that they don't come back anymore. Yeah, that was bad. But that's the thing. Those are this is why restaurant industry is super tough. Because you, you can't have a bad day. No. You well, as a server, you can't have a bad day. There's always then there's fifty thousand pizza places. Exactly. Is well, that the closest and the most convenient here. and actually pretty tasty? Well, right. We live in a uh a, a very populated major suburb of a major if, city. If you're if you're in like California and you have great pizza, you could probably do whatever the fuck you want because you're the only good pizza place in a hundred mile radius. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. it could be like you could piss. You're like the soup Nazi. You're gonna come over Seinfeld. and shit on your lawn. Thank you, sir. <laughs> it's like the soup Nazi. He could do whatever he wants. Right. He could say whatever he wants. People are coming in for that fucking soup. Oh man, no. It, um. It, it, it's it's what what I think is interesting um, about the delivery thing is when you start adding up all the fees and everything, like you're getting to the point where it's ridiculous. Ordering delivery is going to cost you like ten bucks. Oh yeah, okay. easily, easily. Okay, now ten dollars. Now let's say. You make $20 an hour, okay? That's a half an hour of work for you. More, actually, because 
you uh, Uncle Sam will get his piece. Your the five minute drive to the pizza place and back makes a hell of a lot more sense yeah. than paying ten dollars. No, yeah, for sure. It just depends on what you're up to and like for you. Let's say Erica goes out somewhere. Okay, now you're at home with your kid. Well, you might not want to take your daughter get her dress, get her in the car, go there, have to get her out of the car, the whole deal. Then delivery starts to look appealing because it's like, well, I'll happily pay this $10 to not have to deal with this whole hassle. Yeah, but I also can't but, afford sure. right. it. You know, like somebody who makes $20 an hour, they, they're, ne- they're not going to, they're going to think they're, a they're, lot harder about spending probably. that much money for delivery. Well, yeah, there yeah. are a lot of places on those uh, uh, sites that their delivery fee, they jack it up to like seven, eight, nine, ten dollars because they don't want you to go. No, because they there. pay a percentage. Because they pay a percentage and it's like they'd rather you just order, just call them, call them direct. Then they don't yeah. have to worry about that. That's the same thing that's happened now on like a lot of apps and games on iOS, for example is you know apple takes their cut off every transaction and so the game says oh okay i we're raising the prices 20 percent on ios then because right. we want we want the amount of money that we, we still want. right exactly so you're going to pay more for the same thing on ios versus say just buying it on a pc so you know a lot of games are doing stuff like that now too yeah well i, I mean i think people they're everyone Everyone can't get a piece of everything. Unless you're the credit card companies. Yes. <laughs> yes. They're making bank. <laughs> That's the business to be in. But <laughs> yeah. seriously, like, I, not every time, every new business you add takes a piece of that pie. And, and this is what everyone's figuring out. And so I know, like, on your, your list of topics is um, the thing from Reddit that you sent yeah. me earlier today. And, from Reddit. Oh, he didn't send we'll t- we'll it. T- yeah. I'll tell you about okay. it. Well, yeah. But like, so the thing is, business is a naturally competitive environment. Sure. Right? So when you're setting up businesses, like, and, and this is especially true, like in the IT world, right? Where there's this, this like huge, like, let's make, you know, our platforms open and this and that. And then you start to realize, wait, you got to actually make money. So you have to close your platform to isolate your income. And I, and the internet companies really fucked this up, but this is what like restaurants are figuring out is that, you know, as convenient as these platforms are, they're just losing money hand over fist paying other companies for them to just to, to sell food, you know, and it just, if those, if these services were reasonably priced, it would be great, but they've just totally fucked it over because one, these platforms I'm sure are way over engineered mm-hmm. and probably have a lot more headcount than they need to actually stay in operation now you shouldn't have elon musk buy it and then get rid of everybody but you don't need people to make your thing work no no you don't but a lot of these things come on like how many people does it take 
because it's all the vast majority of the the staff are sales staff anymore but anyways it's it's a it's a frustrating problem because i do like online ordering i like being able to take my time look at a menu place an order and then just go pick it up or have it delivered i don't like talking to people on the phone i will i don't like it online ordering really like made <laughs> don't you don't you don't, you don't want to talk to apple customer service no are you sure yes okay no what happened do you really want to explain that i'll explain it i don't care <laughs> do you want me to explain it no okay anyways moving on uh what is this blue balls the podcast what the fuck is going on you can't bring something up and then not talk about it oh well maybe we'll talk about it afterward okay jesus christ i apologize listeners this is ridiculous but he won't thank the patreon this is, this is unprofessional he'll apologize for white that. man go get me something that t- um <laughs> Jeez, now I'm derailed. Yeah, I don't like talking to people on the phone. Like, these services, like, they're attractive to me, and I'd be willing to pay a little bit Yeah, for them. No, Not I, I don't want to order amount. something and be like, oh, okay, this is going to be $25, and then when I go to, like, click place your order, it's suddenly $45. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's not What I always thought would, would be the ideal business model um, for this situation is a service that, um, restaurants could buy and pay a fixed upfront price every year, like maybe through their point of sale system or whatever, that would launch a website for them and do their online ordering. That way, that company's not getting a percentage; they're just getting this is the this is the amount. Here is the the platform, and go and you know maybe they partner with like. Squarespace or one of these other plat. Okay, here's what you need to host it. They'll even do it all for you. They'll set it up, and you buy the software every year, like QuickBooks, and you're good to go. You know that to me would be the ideal situation because that's a fixed cost. You can budget for and you can plan your pricing around the year, but when you're dealing with a percentage that these fucking companies are taking from you. Like, it's no surprise. It's no surprise Epic went to fucking World War Three with Apple over their their store price or their store fees. Sure, that's a insane. huge percentage of their profits. 30%. Yeah. Well, that's insane. That's like the standard. What does Steam take? Do you remember? What do they take on sales? Isn't it like 20 or something just to maintain the storefront? They take some insane amount. And I think it's progressive. Like if if you don't, if you have almost nothing, um, if you have very little sales, they take almost nothing. But as you, if you're like fucking Call of Duty, they're taking a shitload, right? Um, no, and you know the other thing, kind of obviously related to this topic, is just the whole tipping culture in general. And how do you feel about tipping overall? Because I, you know, there's some stuff we're conditioned to, right? You go to a restaurant, you tip the waiter. Right. But it's like a lot of stuff, like a lot of places have tried to introduce tipping on things that I just think are bullshit. What like, are there, for example, 
Here's an easy example. You go to Jersey Mike's. You go to pay on the little screen. There's a tip thing. It's like. Yeah, I'm not giving you a tip. It's like, how did we? I've never, I never tipped on that. But like, how do we determine what is? Which is weird though, because I will tip a barista. I was just gonna ask you that. So I will I tip a barista. Say. This is what I was gonna say. How do we determine? What are we tipping on? What are we not tipping on? Should tipping just be eliminated and wages go up? Like, Well, yes. 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 I mean, that would be the ideal. The wage should be fixed and you should not be at the whim of whatever deranged person you're serving. My, 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 uh, what my dream is that you get rid of tipping altogether. And you know what? If you have shitty service, you just don't go back to that restaurant. You know, it that should be a simple. Well, because as it's that. really what you're doing anyway. Right. I mean, because because the way it's set up, you're really only punishing the server. Right. But if a server does a shitty job serving you, well, the manager who trained that person is at fault. The owner of the restaurant is at fault. You know, I, or you know, if the the server is good but your food's shit. Well, that's the kitchen's fault, but now the server might right. suffer. That's not, and that's not exactly, and that's not the waiter's fault. No. Or if it's busy that night, they don't have enough Unless, unless on. of course, they bring you the food cold, then that is the waiter's fault. Could be. There are situations where, though, like I said, if it's that, oh, we don't have enough people on staff, we're slammed. Yeah. And then it's like you've got two people trying to service an entire restaurant. Yeah. Well, and that was kind of what happened the last time we went to Chili's, was it was like two people trying to serve like 30 tables. Mm. And we ended up waiting a long time just to get the hell out of there. And Uh-oh. it wasn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't like Bob was ready to burn the place down. But I was, it was working on my patience. It was, it was trending in that direction. It wasn't that bad, but it was like, okay, come on. You know, it's great though, Alex. We brought that carry home, carry out home. I think he sat in the fridge for three days and then we threw it out. Yeah. So far, so far, uh, it's like, you know, Izzy ain't, she ain't really taking up the food at Chili's. Not that much. No. She tried the pizza that one time and then. She played with it a little bit. That was it. Yeah. But gonna do. hope no. springs eternal. Yeah. I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think Izzy and, um, old dad share the, uh, same, uh, taste menu. No, we got to work on expanding the palate though. <laughs> a little brutal. Yeah. Um, it, it's. You know, the restaurant industry's tough. Uh, it, it always has been, always will be. Uh, I, uh, I, I know just personally, I've been spending a lot less money dining out because it's, you know, it's, the price of eating out has gone up and you're hiding behind tipping to make it seem like it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that 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 has always bugged me. Well, I just I just don't like to me. I don't know, man. I guess it's just it's weird because the things you accept, like a waiter is just doing their job, mm-hmm. right? Like if they do a good job, they refill your drinks, they get your order, they bring out your food, they bring out the check. That's just their normal job. It's not like they're going above and beyond, but we've decreed that, oh, they get a tip. But then... Well, because they're only making... Right, what? right, right. No, I understand the yeah. reasoning, but I'm just saying, like, we've decreed that's okay. But then I'll go to Jersey Mike's, and they're just doing their job, 
but I don't think it's okay to give them a tip. And it's like in my brain, I'm just trying to figure out why is this only different the guy at jersey mike's is actually making what's minimum wage in illinois 15 dollars an hour i don't know i think that's what it is right maybe i don't know i feel like it is whatever but a server is making like three dollars an hour it shouldn't be dependent on your your you should just be it should just be a base wage yeah no, I, it should be I how mean, they do it in Europe. There isn't any tipping. Just yeah, this obviously, is what you, this I, is your wage. Yeah, obviously, I agree that that's what it should be. Um, but, but then you've got to start. That's not on the the onus isn't on the customer. Then it's on the business owner. There's just no political will to ever change that. No, the restaurant owners like it. Uh, well, right, because it's not money. It's money they don't have to worry about. And the really good servers don't like it because they have potential to actually make a lot less. I mean, servers at high-end restaurants can make six figures. Sure. Yeah. And they wouldn't in... I mean, there are some places where they do, it is, we don't tip here. I don't know if there's a lot of them. There's not a lot. There's not a lot, but they do exist. Yeah. Well, and we talk about, you know, we we like Hooters, but the prices at Hooters have driven up, been driven up dramatically. Mm -hmm. And if you're a waitress at Hooters, you're probably thrilled that the prices have gone through the roof. Because if people are just going in and, you know, tipping a 20% on this, you know, crazy wing price now, you're making way more money than you used to. Yeah, but how many people are actually tipping 20%? Hopefully more than not. Mm, Especially for the level of harassment these women are going through. I don't know about that. I but don't know that the tips are... Uh, I don't know. I shouldn't say. I, I knew some people say. that were cheap fucks and would always tip 15. But, I, I mean, I just feel like you, chip tw- you tip 20. Uh, I've, I've always said one time ever, the service was so unbelievably bad somewhere, I tipped one penny just to be a prick. It was like... It was probably three levels beyond anything Bob's ever experienced. <laughs> like, crazy, crazy bad. Other than that, every other time, just 20% tip. I tip twenty percent. Yeah, but I tip twenty percent on the subtotal. Oh no! Yeah, you see, this is something interesting. I, and I always, I always look at you know, like a lot of the restaurants, they print what the percentages are at the bottom, and it's always interesting to see what total they use. Yeah, because yeah, it's the subtotal, motherfucker. I'm not tipping you on tax. Yeah. So it's just like I don't I don't know though. It's it's it is just weird though to try to figure out like why am I okay tipping on one thing but not okay tipping on another and you know it's like the one the another one I really hate is when you go to Panda Express and they're always like you want to round up the 10 cents or whatever to give to some charity. It's like no. Well, that's bullshit because it's then the company can take credit for right. your charitable donation. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, yeah I don't I don't do that, that anywhere either. I don't know that that's entirely true. Um There was a lawsuit about it like fairly recently, was I feel there? like. So I don't know if it's the case anymore. Yeah. But there was a situation where a company was using it towards their and claiming it as their own. Okay. But yeah. I think there may have been a lawsuit about it. Because I, I think they're not supposed to. But, yeah. Um, I... What was I going to say? Oh, no. I, I think the whole thing... in every single fucking store has it, too. And... um, Actually... I don't think I was asked for it at Blick today 
or maybe I was. I can't remember. Um, Last time I was at Blick, they didn't ask me to round up. Yeah, I didn't. Joanne's did. Joanne's does, yeah. Um, but I never do. Well, and you look sometimes though they'll have like a. like here's some art supplies. Buy you could buy an arts like that, a, a set of I, markers. I'm and okay send with it. that. I'll do. Yeah, yeah. Because um, one that's relevant to what they do, and I'd rather buy an object. Well, it's in a tangible. Yeah, it's a thing. Um, the one that gets me all like all the time is like when it, and this happened to Joanne today was, oh, do you just want to? And Jewel does this all the time. Do you just want to donate to charity today? For charity. Well, that's the other thing, right? Like, I know a lot of people, like, at Christmas time, you just walk out, oh, yeah, Salvation Army. Nope. Because you are not nice to queer people. So, fuck off, Santa. Or do you want to donate for, for hungry kids? For what? Charity. Yeah, what charity? What charity? What charity? What hateful charity are you trying to sneak under the radar? Just donate on your own time. Take the money that you're going to. And- well, and research the charity that you're giving your money to. Yeah. So, the, we were talking about Reddit earlier. Oh, but on that note, though, I have I have zero guilt at saying no. No, yeah, I don't feel bad. Oh, no, guilty. I don't feel bad. It's annoying, but like... There, there's, I, I hear people who will say, like, oh, it makes me feel guilty. I feel no guilt. No, I don't at, feel guilty about that. Saying no ever on those. Yeah, no. Also, it's like, I don't know, man. It's like some of this stuff, it's like it corresponds to the level of work I feel. You're, you know, it's like a waiter has a hard job. Yeah. It's like someone at Jersey Mike's, like, no offense, they cut some meat and they throw it on bread. I mean, we're not, I, we're, I, mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not acting like I, it's, there's I, a certain, I, I kind of get what you're saying. I disagree that it's not a hard job. Anytime it, you're dealing with the public, it's that, a hard that's job. a yeah. tough job. That, that's Being a, a waiter is maybe more involved, but the, your how the, comp, the, the compensation system is what's, what really matters. Right. You know, yeah. and you're right. A, a if, um, the thing with, you know, every, every job that every company that can get away with adding tips is going to try. Sure. And, you know, when you see like these fast food places that have it, um, you know, that's, you know, that's in that restaurant realm. So it's like, it's easy to kind of weasel in, um, but I just, well, I don't another, tip for counter service. And then another thing is when you're, yeah, like it would be like you're picking up your food at Chili's and they want you, they're like asking for a tip. It's like, no, you did nothing. <laughs> like you literally did nothing. You're handing me my food. Yeah. I don't tip for carry out. I don't tip for a counter service. Um, and I know people who will fight me to the death on that and. Um, I'd love to have that argument on a podcast one day. Uh, boy. We'll have to try to get someone in here with an opposing viewpoint. I'll be on the lookout. <laughs> but, you know, and it's it's not to be a dick. It's not because I don't think um, these people d- deserve to be paid. They certainly do. It's just 
I'm not sitting down for service. Why am tipping is paying for service. That's what you're doing. I'm yeah. not getting service. I'm being handed a bag. <laughs> yeah. So Reddit. 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 So interesting. About I think it was about a month ago that we you had first we first heard about this right Bob it was like a little bit ago mm-hmm. that Reddit was going to start charging f- access charging for access to their API for API calls right and you know this is how all the third party Reddit apps work like on Android I use Boost for Reddit mm-hmm. um, on iOS Apollo for iOS is very popular. Um, and so the first person to kind of talk about this, I think, was the Apollo developer. And he's been having some sort of back and forth with Reddit over time to try to figure out, like, what's going on? How much are you going to charge for this? Yada, yada. And they finally came back and gave him pricing. And he was like, he basically said today, based on the pricing they gave me, which they made sound non-negotiable, it would cost Apollo based on the average API calls, $20 million a month to function. Which means, and he said, he kind of alluded to making something like six figures off the app per month. So. No. <laughs> so. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's not going to work. That's not happening. Um, and, and so based on the pricing, and I think this is what people thought from the start, but it looks like they're just trying to kill all the third-party Reddit apps. Mm-hmm. And... Um, What's interesting is, you know, because Twitter did something like this recently to kind of kill all the Twitter apps, right? One, of course, the official Reddit app is horrendous from everything I've ever read. Um, And it's always funny to me when, like, one guy in his fucking basement somewhere, like, makes a better app than a major company with, like, hundreds or thousands of employees can make. Like, it's always, it's always just like, what is going on? Like, who are you hiring that, or, like, what are the goals being given that you're... UX is That's so bad. Better point. Um, but, you know, obviously the goal, of course, by killing all these third-party apps is you get people on the official Reddit app. You could sell ads to them. You can gather data. You could sell the data, yada, yada. Because Reddit, it looks like, is starting to gear up to go public. Mm. Um, and so they're trying to make it more profitable, right? Um, but what's interesting about this one, I think, compared to Twitter is when Twitter's a shithole and they change things, well, you could stop using it, of course. But that's really your only recourse, right? It's just to like, stop using it. That's it. On Reddit, you know, Bob alluded to this, or didn't allude to it, sorry, I said it. Reddit is very dependent on free labor, which is the mods who run these subreddits. And if you're a mod of a subreddit that has a thousand people on it, well, that might not be that hard. But if you're moderating a subreddit that has, you know, 5 million people subscribed to the subreddit, that's a fucking job. (laughs) And doing that for the love of the game is a hell of a lot of work. And, you know, something that's happened in the past. So Reddit can't really function without good moderators. They just can't. It'll turn into a cesspool immediately. Um, And there are cesspool subreddits, right? But kind of the worst offenders get banned. And, you know, you can't do certain illegal things, right? You can't, like, you, in theory, you can't, like, share pirated material on Reddit or sure, stuff like sure. that. Um, you can't sell whatever, uh, you know, I don't know, someone's OnlyFans content or something sure. like that. 
Um, but, you know, Reddit's very dependent on these mods. And the one thing that they do have, these mods do have the power to do, which has been done before, is to black out the subreddits, which mm -hmm. is to basically take them private and shut them down and do it as a group. And that has been done before. And, you know, it's probably trending in that direction because I don't know how else you're going to get Reddit to come off of this. Because now, now after the pricing came out today, I saw now it's getting traction. Like yeah. the first time this came up, I saw it get a little bit of like, uh-oh, what are they going to do? Mm -hmm. When the actual pricing got revealed today, which was essentially, the pricing was basically, fuck you, we're killing your app. Mm -hmm. in, in, in not so many words. Yeah. Right? Um, I saw now it's, now I think you're going to start to see it get traction. It's going to start to get press. It's... It's going to be very interesting to see what they do because if if the mods have essentially crippled the site in the past, um, Reddit management must know that's a tangible risk um, with any decision they make. So I wonder if they have a mitigation plan. Well, things can happen, right? And ad admins can come in and they can just take away the subreddit from those mods. Yep. But then you're just assuming the next mod doesn't come in and do the same thing. And then you have to repeat the same process. Or what are you going to do if you're Reddit? Because you know they're not going to go out and hire 5,000 people to moderate all their major subreddits. Right. So how are you going to suddenly, suddenly moderate these subreddits and keep them from turning into colossal shitholes? Mm-hmm. So that's the problem is if you just come take them away, if you come take away established communities that are running smoothly, that are driving traffic to your website, you know, it's a problem. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting yeah. tight work, tight, tight rope to see how Reddit walks it because they could easily kill their website. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really interested to see how this plays out because I don't know. Like, normally my take on these is just generally that, you know, the company has all the power here and they're going to do what they want to do. Um, the moderator situation on Reddit is kind of unique uh, because, you know, like you think about Facebook and while they pay a pittance to their moderators, they have tons of contractors who moderate content. Um, but they're paid employees, you know, um, generally of subcontractors who are not actually formally employees of Facebook for, you know, a variety of legal reasons. Anyways, um, so, yeah, I don't know how it's going to play. Now, I agree with the, with the general strategy of trying to reclaim your user base. Um, if I was going to make a product... I don't want to open up an API for you to go use a competing product at all. But then again, the cat's been out of the bag for like a decade or something. Right. I, I exactly. So, and this is what I was kind of alluding to earlier is that these tech companies have really fucked themselves. Like, because they've, they've made open access to their websites for so long um, that, getting it back is very very difficult um so well and especially something like reddit because 
you know, when you're talking about like, I don't know, if you're talking about Twitter, I would say most people who aren't like mega celebrities mm-hmm. are probably interacting with their little sphere on Twitter. Right. Sure. So, you know, you, people self-moderate something like that, because if it's like, hey, I don't want to see this asshole. I just you just block them. Right. Or but but, you know, something like Reddit is more about having discussions on certain topics like Reddit's more like a forum. Like, how do you how would you compare it? Like Reddit's like a forum. But what are Twitter and Facebook? Because they're not forums. No, they're not forums. That's for sure. Reddit is basically like a large scale mega message board for every topic ever. That's basically what Reddit is. Yeah. All segregated into their own little communities. Yeah. You have you have the funny forum. You have the live streaming forum. You have the, you know, people driving like shit in their cars forum. You know, you have all these different different little forums. Yeah. And and something like, you know, even you like that uh like the what's the, what's it called? The car one. Um, Idiots in cars. Idiots in cars. <laughs> but that is the best subreddit. But but all these subreddits have a balancing act because they all are trying to find the right balance of moderating what content is on the subreddit without being heavy-handed and not giving people what they want. Right. So like there's a certain level of like, oh, this doesn't rise to the idiots and cars you know level of this so we're we're just removing this post Mm -hmm. um but maybe something does and if you keep constantly removing posts that people like they're going to be like what the fuck is going on what are you guys doing well and why am i here and the other thing about reddit is to a degree it doesn't self-moderate but it does like in a sense it does because you can upvote and downvote things Mm -hmm. but still even if someone like maybe people like the topic so it gets upvoted a lot. But then if the discussion within it is a cesspool, you might drive people off, which is why the moderation aspect is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just kind of there is a very interesting balance to all these subreddits of like you need to. OK, you need to moderate them, but not too much, mm-hmm. you, you know, because otherwise you're going to start to have problems. And, and obviously something like idiots in cars really isn't political, right? But there are a lot of subreddits that can easily ha- end up with political be hilarious topics. If it was like crazy political on there. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just it's going to be interesting to see what happens. For sure. Because um, the message is obviously clear. We're killing the third party apps. Yeah. But that's easier said than done. And if you drive off, you know, some insane percentage of your user base doing that. Well, I I would like I'd be interested to know in what percentage of the user base uses the official app or the website versus ha- what people are on third party. Yeah, apps. and that would be interesting. That would be very big information to know. Yeah, and I'm sure that's a number they don't want to be skewed to the third party apps uh, when they go IPO. Well, and and here's the reality: if something, let's say, just for the sake of argument, the Reddit, the official Reddit app was actually good. Well, in that case, I would just find a way to block the ads and use that. <laughs> but <laughs> since it's bad, 
See, I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily against ads, but I am against like stuff that cruds up the interface on any of these apps and slows it down. Because that's always the big problem when you're using something and you like, just go use a desktop fucking browser. Like go use a top of the line fucking computer with a goddamn i9 and an RTX 4090 and 64 gigs of RAM and a fucking SSD and you'll go go use a desktop browser without an ad blocker, and I guarantee you that bitch is slow. Even on top-end hardware, because the ad loading is so cumbersome that the browsers are like, fuck, this is brutal. Even on top-of-the-line hardware. So you have to block the ads just to make this shit usable. Okay? You have to. And... It's the same thing with the Reddit app. Even if it was great, I would block the ads anyway, so they're not getting that monetization out of me. <laughs> so, but if it's not great, I'll just stop using Reddit because well, I'm not going to use some shitty interface. I'm not doing it. Well, it, the way that Reddit does ads would be very, very difficult to block um, because they it's, sh- it's already been blocked. It's already done on the official Reddit app. Yeah, hmm. that's been done for months. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, the same, you know, the revance team that blocks YouTube ads? Yeah. Yeah, they block Reddit ads as well. So they have a separate app? No, it's the Reddit app. How did... They modify the Reddit app. It's the same way oh, they modify... modify. They They inject code. They, they remove code to block the ads. Oh, interesting. Yeah, people are way ahead on this shit. Alex is like, don't worry about it. It's handled. It's <laughs> handled. It doesn't change the fact that the Reddit app sucks, though, and I'm not using it. So... <laughs> And, and like, look, I don't even go like I genuinely. But that's I, the thing. That's that's what I would argue, though, is if, if 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 you if the app, if that's not the experience you want, just stop using it. Yeah. But on the other end, it's like I do like to use Reddit as like a news source. Basically, that's kind of the way I use it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really almost never like actually post anything because I just don't care to interact with people. Yeah, no, I feel but, that. Um, that's all I really use it for. And if I, if. If you're starting to add cumbersome steps to me just like quickly paging through and seeing what interesting news there is, I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'll just find another way. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, Reddit's really big. Seems like it can't fail. But, you know, big stuff has failed before. Like, remember Dig? Dig yeah. was kind of like Reddit version one in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Dig failed. Yeah. I mean, it, it's anything can fail. Yeah. You know, and um, if Reddit fails, whatever succeeds it, though, is going to come back is will will almost for sure be something that is um, a siloed, uh, you know, self-contained app. Well, you think it'd be let's learn from the mistakes of the past and yeah, possibly in theory, at least. I I think you're I think you're going to see the number of apps and websites that give open API access to third parties dramatically drop because it's bad for business. You know, it was, it was good in the early days of the internet um, to promote things and to make it more, you know, make it um, well, there was more of more a available. dream of the, the open source. It's not about money. And then it was like, Oh wait, we can make a fuck ton of money. Yeah, fuck all that. It's not even just we can make a fuck ton of money. If I'm going to spend time building something, I want to be paid for it. 
Well, and you're right, and you're right. Reddit was one of those websites that originally had the open internet dream. Yeah. Right. And obviously it's under different ownership now. Goals yep. change, yada yada. You buy something, you want to make money. And I understand all that. Um but I think a lot of the time what happens is like Reddit didn't even have an app forever. And I think what happens is the reason you end up with these third party apps that can do API calls is because they didn't want to make an app. Yep. They wanted someone else to do the work. Right? Yep. And now they weren't smart. They didn't buy up one of these apps. This is what they should have done. Yes. Is if they had a big problem with the third-party apps, they should have gone to Apollo or they should have gone to Boost for Reddit and they should have said, we'll buy you out and make that our official app on a given on Android or iOS or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, rather than trying to shove your shit app onto people. Um, but where was I going with this? Uh, you know, it's kind of like, I remember... You know, what happened with, like, Destiny a long time ago? Because Destiny is, like, an annoying inventory problem where you could have three different characters, all your armor... You need to bring your armor or your weapons between different people, but the only way to access your vault where all your armor and weapons live is to go to the tower. Well, the tower has a networking connection involved in loading, so it takes, like, two minutes to load into the tower. That fucking sucks, right? So... They allowed people to have third-party access to their APIs to make apps that allow you on your phone to move your weapons and armor around on your characters without mm-hmm. having to load in the tower. And this was basically their way of offloading this work right. onto other people. Right. And, you know, they just allow people to have that. They haven't tried to do anything like Reddit where it's like we're yes. going to charge you access for this API or anything like that. Um, and I don't even think... These people that do it, I don't. They're not serving ads. I don't think they're making any money. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's that might be part of having access to the API is you can't monetize it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But the the like on Android, it's Ishtar Commander. On iOS and on the computer, it's like a Destiny Item Manager. These there's no ads on these, so maybe they don't. They can't monetize them. Maybe it's just a labor of love. I don't know. But you know, I think that's an example of Bungie didn't want to do this work themselves yeah so they outsourced it essentially mm-hmm. and that's what reddit did but now they're not happy with the agreement yeah i, I mean it's just it was a short-sighted decision on their part and if they can if they can successfully pull off what they're trying to do every every outcome is fascinating <laughs> for as a use case in a, in a business study I feel I feel like the most likely outcome, since they seem to be on the road to ruin, would probably be bringing the pricing down. If if the goal is to not have a massive rev- revolt happen, bring the pricing down to a point that the people running the apps are happy with. I think that would be like the best middle ground, I guess, because otherwise you're going to have like the you know, you're going to kill all the apps and then everyone's going to be pissed off and you have a, you run a big risk of driving off a huge number of people. And I guess it just depends on if they're okay with that. Cause clearly like Musk with Twitter had no problem with, yeah, I'll just do whatever I want. Well, if I drive and off that's, people, that's an interesting point you make because the second he took over the company and started slashing things that like everyone was watching their watches to see, how long until the company folds and it hasn't it hasn't now they've lost a huge percentage of their value they have but well, it's not public it, yet but it may but it may bounce back 
it, it probably will. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I, th- I think Twitter probably will in the long run. The, if it if they manage to keep the lights on to this point, um, and people just refuse to stop using it, yeah, I mean, not everyone's principled like I am. Well, there's a lot of people who just like the chaos of Twitter. I had to get. It was just like I can't. Do I this couldn't, ta- couldn't take. I it. can't do this. I, there's some fandom stuff that I miss, but I'm happily ensconced. I think that's, I, I think that's what it really is. Actually, I think people are addicted to the chaos of Twitter. Yeah, they're straight up addicted. Yeah, I, yeah. I just I couldn't anymore. Well, and there's a lot of people arguing. who couldn't give a shit that Elon Musk owns it. Yeah, all they care about is are they getting the stuff that they that they enjoy? Am I getting seeing? my serotonin? That's all that matters. That's it. And I'm not going to begrudge anybody that. What? I, but I think seeing the Twitter experience probably had a lot to do with Emboldened Reddit's them. decision to say, like, look, yeah, we're going to lose X number of people, but eh. in the long run, we're going to be so much better for it because we're going to control everyone's user experience. We get all of their data. We'll be able to serve ads to them. Um you know, to our heart's content, um, you know, so it'll hurt for a while. Um, but so, we'll be fine. But we'll be ultimately. fine. As long as they have a solution in place for the moderator problem. Maybe they're one of these companies who thinks they have some grand AI scheme. They could. Right. I am fading fast, and I know that Bob still has to run. So what What other, what do we have? Uh, what else nothing you really. What do you got, Bob? Well, I did show you a picture. Did we oh, want to talk yeah. about that? Well, as was widely rumored for a long time, CM Punk has been announced. He's coming back at the United Center June 17th, Chicago, right? Isn't that the date? I think that's what they said, yeah. And, uh, man, uh... I'm sure best, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll... Be, best of luck, but I guess I just think uh, that's a volatile situation. I mean, I mean, unless you're having it where like he drives up, goes and does his match, and immediate. How do you have him in the locker room? How do you have him in the locker room? It seems like they never really made up. So, and he's out there just shit talking everybody's. So I just and not only that, but like, there was no come to Jesus moment. There was no, and who knows, like. Yeah. They're all carny motherfuckers. God only they, the knows. The whole thing could be patched up. Right. They're just working people. Could be. But it, it doesn't seem like... I just... It's like... It's one of those things, man. I mean, punk, like, it is what it is. The guys, you know... One, wrestling's weird now where I don't even know the draws even matter anymore. But... It's just the guy. He's one of those people, man. Everywhere he goes, he just pisses off everyone except for, like, his three friends. <laughs> You know, otherwise everyone else hates him. Yeah, pretty much. And that's a tough spot to be in because you really got to be making the company money to be in that spot. And I guess. Well, and I think it's a matter I of guess, Tony spent a lot of money, I would imagine. Maybe he doesn't want to go through the deal of firing him. I don't know. And it might just be, okay, we're going to go through to the end of your contract and then we will amicably part ways. Maybe. Or we'll run through your contract and see if you're able to, like, coexist play with nice right yeah. exactly so what else did you have bob um i mean just a thought on punk for a moment is uh as long as he's making money for the company they'll just unless he unless he draws a lawsuit they'll deal with the chaos 
other other AEW news is I think like within within the next month or so the video game's finally coming out. Oh Ooh. yeah, that's supposed to be more modeled after like a No Mercy N sixty four style game. Well, so. I mean that's fucking smart because that's still you hear that yeah, is No like Mercy the, is the like pinnacle the game. Yeah, so I mean we'll see how it ends up being. I mean you know who knows it could be terrible, could be great. Who knows? Well, the bar isn't super high. Cause, no, it's very low. The yeah. wrestling games in the past like ten years or so have been pretty abysmal. With for dog the most shit. Part. Did you hear anything about Double or Nothing? Was it any good? Um, I think it was to be good. Yeah. Um, what was the main event? Do you know? They did that anarchy uh, thing again, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, they did the anarchy in the arena thing again, and it was it was the elite versus the Blackpool Combat Club. Um, I just don't think you're going to top that moment when fucking Wild Thing was playing, and then Jericho pulls out the, the stereo So I system. think apparently this time... I mean, are we? Do you, did you want to watch it, or do you? You can spoil it. it. I would still. I would like to watch it if it was good, because I enjoy yeah, I heard, pretty much heard, everybody who's in it. Yeah, I heard it was good. Apparently, at some point, they're doing the wild thing thing again, but it was like a live band playing it, I guess. And at some point, one of the young bucks, I think like Matt Jackson, went and super kicked the singer or something <laughs> to put an end to it. I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. If we were gonna do the bit again, yeah, that's pretty good. So, yeah, yeah, I enjoy their shows. If we and, could, uh, if we could get it, and you know, do sure. the highlights. I don't know what else was on the card, but um, it was like the whole four pillars match. It was like MJF versus Sammy Guevara versus uh, Darby Allen versus somebody. Oh, Hangman. No. no. Who else was it? Oh, uh, Jungle Boy. Um, like for the world title. Oh, that uh, could have been fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there was some other stuff on the show. Jamie Hader against Tony Storm. I'm Ooh. trying to remember what else I saw. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure I heard it was a solid show. Sweet. Sweet. What do you got, Bob? The last thing I have on the list was actually something you had mentioned you uh, wanted to discuss, which is the actors. Uh, oh, I mean, there's not a ton to discuss. Uh, uh, SAG voted to um, not to strike, but they wanted to call a vote to see if the members would uh, want to strike. And that, I guess, hasn't happened in a very, very long time. And uh, one of the things that kind of jumped out that was one of their concerns is AI. And it's those deep fakes that we've talked about mm-hmm. forever and just, you know, the use of people's voices and their likenesses. and Yeah, they just create your performance. And I think a lot of that, uh, the stuff with the streaming, like uh, with uh, Scarlett Johansson, with uh, mm-hmm. Black Widow, that's a, that's a big concern for people too. So I think there's shit that needs to be addressed. And if the studios are just going to keep shrugging their shoulders and be like, well, we'll have a meeting about it once a quarter. And it's like, well, that's not... That's not enough. We need to have parameters around this in our contract because you're like, this isn't a job anymore. You've created a gig economy within what should be a a career. The the last 20 years of technology has uh, perpetuated this continuous cycle of, you know, the market changes on a dime. And, you know, now you're streaming, now you're releasing movies at home, now you're doing, and you're doing all this between contracts where, you know, you, you, these things haven't been negotiated or they're being interpreted because the specifics of it weren't even known. So they, they need to, I think they need to not only 
address these very specific things that they're concerned about, but they need to find, they need to be like, they need to, to define things so clearly that anytime, Oh, there's a new way to distribute something. Okay. We're renegotiating. Like this is not, you can't just plop this on something new. Well, and is streaming either something that you're bleeding money from or is it the future of entertainment and you're going to make all of this money off of it? Which is it? Because you're telling stockholders one thing, you're telling us the other. So it's one or the other. Yeah. And you guys are getting raises and making a fuck ton of money, making millions upon millions upon millions of dollars a year when we, the actual content creators, are getting paid nothing. Yeah. So that needs to be addressed. And if you're not going to keep our shows on where we can make our residuals, or if you're going to cancel our shows before we get to the point where we would get residuals, then we got to renegotiate all that as well. Yeah. You need to pay me everything up front then. Then we don't even deal with residuals. Because it's just different. Is Is that part of the Netflix always canceling everything after three seasons? Thousand percent. Yes. Because if something gets to a certain number of seasons, they have to pay residuals for yeah. it. And it's easy not to if you just cancel it before it gets there. Yeah. Hey, you better be happy. Witcher looks like it might might make it. We'll see. Oh, it's going to be close. We'll see. I, I might still get canned. We'll see. The, it is, there is something interesting with like how these var- the various streaming services are starting to take more and more shows off of their platforms or Disney just took off a whole bunch of stuff. I think the Willow show who's barely on for six months. Yeah. Well, it was, I, from my very poor understanding of it is that basically like if you have something on there and somebody watches it one time, like it gets paid out at a certain rate and that rate is good, you know, for however many people view it, like it's it's not like a this, they get paid for every time somebody watches something, it gets paid in blocks or something. Mm-hmm. So, what they're kind of figuring out is that under their current model, um, you know, it's just you're paying a lot of money to put stuff up on the platform that people are barely watching. Um, so well, to me, that's also are you just is it the Netflix thing that we talked about almost like with uh, how Xbox is doing? Are we just putting a bunch of garbage up that no one wants to watch? And it's just, why are you spending all of this money on this stuff? Mm-hmm. doesn't make sense as a business. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey. There is so much garbage on Netflix. Like, you could just start, you ever just scroll through Netflix and you're like, good God. None of this looks appealing. Alex, I've got like three things I go to on Netflix. Pokemon for Izzy. Yeah. Great British baking show in the fall when it starts up again. And The Witcher. I don't scroll through Netflix. Yeah, you're you're a use case for just canceling it and like just downloading those three things. (laughs) I mean (laughs) (laughs) We get by. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, I just. Uh, I mean, is there any been any, has there been any movement on the writers' strike? Uh, not that I've really seen. I think if, from what I understand, the actors their contract is up at the end of June. Uh huh. And I think if the actors end up striking, this could be going on for a while. Well, I think if the actors end up striking, that kind of 
okay, now we don't have actors. Now, even if you have a script... Doesn't matter. You can't move forward with it. And then I think the directors and producers, their contracts are up this summer as well. So it's just kind of a perfect storm of... Are they all going to stand together and like be like, no, we need to figure this shit out now? Or is it going to be kind of namby-pamby, like, well, we're going to get ours, and yeah, we stand in solidarity, but... Uh. So we'll see what happens. You know, another interesting aspect that I just thought of is you already have, like, anime really taking off, right? Like, in the past few years. And, you know, anime, there's no strike or anything so this would be a time for sony to really be pushing Crunchyroll. like hey well not only that look Alex. at all this content we got new shows you're not you're new you're you're not getting any new content but we have new sh- new shows like a lot of what i've seen is people being like uh, netflix being oh we're not gonna get anything new and it's like what you guys cancel everything that's new <laughs> yeah. so i get into something you cancel it and it's like oh okay and there's such a there's so much out there like back watch, when yeah. was the last one 2007 there was a lot but there was not nearly as much content as there is now i have backlogs of stuff that i don't i wouldn't have to watch anything new like you could not sure. create anything new for like five years and i would be fine well yeah and that's a big part of it too is there's so much stuff out there people might not even notice that there isn't new things exactly so it's like you gotta come to you gotta come to some kind of accord on this ai thing Oh yeah, and how sure. these people are getting paid because it's just like it, it's the stuff is shifted so much it's just it doesn't make sense to keep doing things the way that you've always done them no yeah you can't you can't allow things to happen like hey you know chat gpt or whatever the fuck i always forget the t- the, the the initial the letters um gpt is that uh, right? chat gpt chat gpt um, you know, write me a script around this idea. And then you go in and it writes you out like five pages and you have someone who goes in and like cleans it up and makes it make sense to a degree. There's going to be so much of that coming up soon if they don't do something. Mm-hmm. I mean, the writers cannot allow this to happen because if these studios can find any reason to spend less money and hire less people, just like any other business, they'll do it. Yep. Thousand percent. You cannot allow this to happen. I would... I would not end that strike until the AI stuff is completely banned. Oh, I thousand percent agree. Or you have very solid parameters around it. I don't know that you're going to be able to ban it altogether. I think you got to try. You got to try thousand percent, but there needs to be strict parameters around it. Because if they, if there's, if you leave them any opening to start eliminating jobs, they oh, they'll do it. it. They'll do it in a second. It's some new thing, and it's like, oh, this is cool. But as soon as they find out that they can wring any kind of like money they can wring out of it they'll do it yeah you can't give them an inch it's gonna be like that with so many things it's gonna be like that with um you know all the stable diffusion type stuff and it's gonna be oh you know make me concept art of this idea if you hit on the right keywords you know you could end up with concept art and yeah you know their hands are gonna look a little fucking weird yeah but we got the one we got jim jim takes care of that (laughs) jim goes in and fixes that for us but you know jim's our studio guy there's we gonna fired be, everybody else. There's going to be stuff like that, though, where, you know, a lot of companies are already starting to do stuff like that, where they want things like storyboards mm-hmm. um, or they want concept art and they don't want to hire someone to do it. So they have some, you know, machine learning algorithm pump out images. And then, yeah, maybe you have someone who cleans those up or 
I mean, that's not even no. accounting for like the copyright issues, though. Like, sure. you're, this is stealing from other people's work. So yeah, no one cares about that. No, I don't. No one does. <laughs> but that's something that needs to be addressed because that's what's happening. No, for sure. Yeah. How do you think they're learning right. from someone else's work? Yeah. I have seen it floated that you know it's it's possible that California passes some kind of laws around it. I don't know that you're getting anything nationally because they move at a glacial pace, but I do still think the, the state on California the s- passes laws, suddenly Austin becomes the new Hollywood. I, I do think, um, you know, it is funny. I don't know how much you look at like the AI art stuff, Erica, but it all still has, there must be something about artwork in general. It all has like this kind of like glossy sheen to it. Cause here's the thing, Alex, to create art, you you need a soul. <laughs> well, and it's one thing you, to be like the machine would argue otherwise. Well, I, I don't know that it's necessarily art. It's like you're stealing from a bunch of artists and spitting something out that maybe rubes think is art, but it's I don't think it's art. <laughs> Fucking rubes. It's kind of a neat thing that it can do, but when you start like coming in and taking people's jobs and like Well, yeah, that's not. It, it's another one of those things where it's like studying art and learning your craft takes a long time. I've been drawing and painting and doing that shit since I was like in grade school and I'm, I'm still passable, right? Sure. It's, it's something that takes time and takes dedication and it's not something you can just skip stuff. Yeah. Like, Oh, let me plug it in. No, this is, this is a a skill. This is a skill that you have to hone and study and learn and practice and that's and you're not you're gonna lose that if we start oh well, we'll just plug in a new computer and that's how we'll get our scripts and that's how we'll get this and oh we didn't like the way that actress was being mouthy but we had we like scanned her likeness so we can just cgi her in and we'll just sorry and we'll just make that work it's all right. I'm up here on my soapbox making an impassioned speech, and Bob's watching something about like Bob dogs. Dog hey, videos, sorry. Yeah. Listen, I didn't know the link would open a video. Uh huh. So, I'm listening to your impassioned speech, and I think you're. It's just very, very valid. It's just very frustrating. Yeah. So good for them, and I I hope that they hold the line. Yeah, I hope, I hope that the strong. actors see the importance of it, and they and if they can't come to a agreement, they end up striking as well. Because I well, do think it needs and, and one needs one, to be addressed. One needs the other. It doesn't matter how good the written word is, is if the actor fucking sucks, and you know it doesn't matter if you're George Clooney or Brad Pitt or Scarlett Johansson or Gal Gadot or whoever. If the if the I'm just throwing I'm just throwing Gal Gadot she's popular she's, she's popular great, that she's was not like, a great actress we're Neither throwing her in Johansson. she's very pretty sure um I'm just saying it doesn't matter who you toss out there either if the writing sucks that movie and that TV show is not going to be good I mean I've seen George Clooney in some fucking big stinkers and I like George Clooney just fine if the writing blows there's only so much you can do with it sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bob's going to go run. No, I'm going to go to bed. Oh, okay. I tired. Well. I got to get seven in. I did four earlier. It was gross. It's still gross out there, I bet. Steamy. Like, it rained, and it got, like, real nice for, like, 15 minutes. And then it gets And then it got humid as fuck. Yeah, it's like it didn't even rain. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> 
All right. Well, on that note, thanks for being here in your own home and hug me. Hold me tight. This has been a Puma Knife production.